What's up, guys? It's Cooper Webb, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hi, this is Colt Fasciati. You're listening to Moto X Pod Show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Moto X Pod Show. We're trying this again this week. Uh, the Vital MX Moto X Pod Show presented by Racetech and Boyson. This week is show number 259, and we have Nate Thrasher, Chance Hymas, and John Short coming up. We'll talk a bit about Tampa, maybe a little bit about round two, quote-unquote, round two this weekend in Oakland. But first, let me introduce my studio co-host, brought to you tonight by Boyson, Scotty Thompson. What's up, Scotty? Hey, what's going on, man? Well, I'm hoping everything's working on Vital or on YouTube. Uh, we're not so far. We're not getting nearly the negative remarks that we were getting uh, at the beginning of the show last week. So so far, so good. That's good to hear. I'm adjusting some levels because they have been changed while we were testing everything last night. So yeah, you were a little bit loud. Let it let us know how it sounds out there. Uh, I think I think we got some of the issues figured out. We're still trying to figure a couple things out. But Scotty, brought to you by Boyson tonight. We want to spotlight the Boyson Factory Racing's Rider Support Program, a comprehensive support system for motocrossers and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. So join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers. Visit boyson.com to apply now. This is the Boyson uh, intake open discussion. We're going to get ML on in a little bit. He's doing something, but we'll get him on just shortly. Uh, let's, let's start off with... Watching from home this week, I haven't. This is the first one I've got to watch from home, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Opening ceremonies was live. I think people really liked that. What did you think of it? Did you get to watch it? No, I was right. Okay. What I was that's right. I was. I watched it. Uh, I watched the replay back, and I just fast forwarded through that part. All right. Well, I'm wondering what people thought of it because I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, there I did see some comments in the YouTube chat or in the Pulp Fantasy YouTube chat that people liked it because maybe they. Haven't been to a race in a long time. They didn't know what it looked like. So I think it was a pretty cool thing for Phil to do. I don't think they're going to keep doing it. Maybe they should. Yeah, I I think I did catch like glimpses of it where I saw Weege and Stu. That was cool, you know, getting a little more professional, more people announcing it in. I think it's a good idea. I Like I said, I, I watch them on replays, so I, I just kind of went to the went to the race. And- so did you notice the, the other issue with the broadcast? A big issue was timing and scoring, a continuous issue. Oh. Trying to keep up with that while looking at your fantasy team, and these guys are like just dropping off, and you're, oh, so-and-so crashed, and then they're back up. Like, yeah. I, Was it driving you insane the way it was me? Well, I'm not I'm not in the pulp thing because, I, like I said, I don't get to watch them live, so I, I just avoid that heart, heart attack while I'm trying to work. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is it's weird. You're, like, watching it, and you're like, oh, okay, and, and then, like, Sometimes the person do wreck, and you're like, okay, I didn't, I didn't think that they uh, that they fell down that fast, and then they're they're still there. Sometimes it's 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 wild. I what I also don't like is I I'm really not a fan of the little NASCAR th- little arrow pointing things that they try to fall through. It just does not it just does not work. I've only noticed it a little once or twice. I know it's something new this year, and they're working on mm-hmm. making it better. When I saw it, I thought it was fine. 
I, I guess I didn't pay much attention to it. I, I like the I like the onlays where they have like main event overlays. Yeah, overlays, onlays. What you know, you know what I meant. Uh, I like those with the sponsors and that kind of stuff. But when they're trying to they're, they're trying to show you like they they at one point they were it was I think it was J Mart Hayden and and then uh, I guess Hunter Hunter when they were had that three way battle for a little bit um, they were showing the little arrows on Hunter and J Mart but. Hayden was in the middle of them, and he wasn't even like on the little thing. So it was like it was very, it was very misleading. Hmm. Maybe I have to rewatch that part. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. Watch I the think they're battle. Just, they're trying new things, which is cool. I mean, maybe they'll get it figured out. But I would like for them to fix and focus on the things that we need, like time and scoring. Yeah, before they try to add it's something else. Let's get that working thing. all yeah. the time. Uh, because I think the AMA site was fine. The problem was the TV side. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, that was bugging me. It, it just it's just a frustrating thing it needs to work better it's it's a the software the the idea of timing and scoring has been around a long time mm-hmm. it's not the hard let's get it like fix it yeah just, a professional sport it needs to work right yeah a hundred percent agree like i mean it's just you know it's it's i mean you can figure it out eventually but like especially well, when you're not watching itself, that yeah. when you're not watching that person and then you're like whoa what what I mean, yeah. yeah and it's like yeah it's, well, it's it, it takes you away from because then you're like I'm trying to figure out what's going on rather than getting to enjoy what you're seeing there. And it just, it just really takes away from what the viewers want to see. I agree. The other cool thing with this week's broadcast, Jason Wygant, Weege mm-hmm. and James Stewart mm-hmm. on the broadcast. They were basically right next to uh, Ricky and Daniel in the booth. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was mentioning that that's the little scene I saw at the beginning of the opening ceremonies. And uh, yeah, anytime you get Stu and Weege and in with, uh, uh, Ricky and, and you know everybody else. That's that's awesome. They brought Stu in for the main events, which I think originally wasn't part of the idea. They just realized, hey, what, we can't waste this opportunity. Let's get him yeah. in there. You know, and having three people in the booth, it's a little. We've done it before. Obviously, it's kind of sometimes it can be a lot. But I felt like they had a pretty good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't really talking over each other, and just listening to James and. RC talk about the racing and how much respect for that. And they're like, I'm glad we're not out there doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. You know, I was actually listening to uh, Lewis and Michael's wrap up show and Lewis had a really good point about talking about how like we're basically in the Reed Carmichael Stewart thing where he compared, uh, you know, he compared Stu to Chase and Eli to Carmichael and Reed to Cooper, you know, and it's, it was very good comparisons. So Having that on the track, and then you have what the former was with Carmichael and Stuart. Obviously, Reed wasn't there, but having two of those guys in there talking about something that's very similar to what they did, I think it was like, I mean, that's a that's a home run right there. Yeah, I think after the success of James's podcast, Bubba's World with RC, that that kind of I don't know if that had any effect on them doing this, but it's a great idea. And of course, Weege and James are going to do a. They're supposed to do all the nationals, I think. Both those guys, I believe. Mm-hmm. That should be good. I, I'm still wait. Legion James. Yeah, that, I think that's the idea. I think that's okay, the plan. Cool. I struggle with thinking that James is going to make every single national. Yeah, <laughs> they bet. I, I kind of remember asking the guys in the TV truck at Houston, like, "Yeah, you guys got a backup plan just in case." Yeah. So I, I will say, okay. So I have I've I've watched a little bit of some of Stu's stuff and all that, and like, dude, Stu's. I mean. That was my childhood, was watching yeah. him on a 125. I love him. I love that he's back in the sport and everything. There's absolutely zero 
hate or disrespect to this, but in his shows, he says on there like 500 times. Well, and, there's a few things he says a lot. And well, that, that's the one that sticks out to me on there. I've never you, even they get on that. there, on there. And really? It's, yeah, it's just a lot. Okay. I haven't. I actually stopped. I cut back a lot of my podcast. Uh, let's talk about Chase Sexton, Cooper Webb, uh, Lewis. I'm glad he's not in studio or on the phone tonight because I don't think he would enjoy what I'm about to say. <laughs> but Sexton has to figure out what the hell's going on where he keeps losing these leads all by himself. Now, this particular situation, I watched it over and over and over. I'm sure lots of you guys did. The track was slick. Cooper had just crashed like a lap or two before. Well, nearly. Cooper almost crashed right as Chase was crashing. If you watch him in the background, the track yeah. was slick. And the front end just goes away because it's so slick. But still, he just continues to lose these lap, these races while leading and it's going to, I, I see, I think it's impossible for it to not get in his head at some point. See, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm the guy in his corner, that's the voice, you know, I'm not really that worried. He's obviously proven that he's, he's the guy he's put himself what in the front. He's proven that he's the guy, the fastest guy. I mean, not the, not the guy, but I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's hasn't won yet. So well, he's clearly so. the, I mean, he's clearly day in and day out probably the arguably the fastest guy okay and I'm so not sure i agree but you know you really don't you, like just I mean, purely lap time wise he like he's beating him and, and is working okay, him in the mains. i'm not talking about the most I'm talking about one lap in the heat in the, i'm no i'm okay. not talking about him being the guy that was gonna that's that's winning all the mains obviously he hasn't tomac has more wins he's only had one win a couple of seconds i'm talking about just pure raw speed any given moment you can pull out on the track and he's arguably the fastest guy okay all right Okay, and and so if he's shown that he can lead and he's doing that, you know it didn't it didn't go his way in Tampa. It could have easily been like you said, Cooper Webb in that situation. It almost happened to him, and he sure. almost went it down like you said in that. It was a slick track; anything could happen. He still got second. He's two points behind. He's fine. I don't think he needs to change any way he looks at the, his racing, any way he feels about his confidence or anything like that. He's solid. It'll just keep doing what he's doing. It'll work out, and, oh, I, and I think it's fine. Well, you think so? You think that's, it's going to work out? That's my that's my take. I'm beginning to wonder. I want him to start winning. I want him to be a guy that yeah, I'm I'm like I'm confident he can win. Right now, I'm I'm tired of him throwing him away. And you see his facial reactions. You see the photos afterwards where he said he you know he wasn't that upset, but he looked very very upset. He looked yeah. devastated. I mean, that's if, fine. If that's you, if that's me, I'm not going to say if that's you. If that's me, when the next next week in Oakland, this coming week, I'm out there leading, I'm going, don't throw it away, don't throw it away. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, don't throw he's, it away. And then you throw it away. Because he's, it, he's not doing that, though. He may not be yet. I don't know. Those How guys, do you know he's not doing that? Dude, those, guys, those, those guys are steel traps, man. He's fine. Oh, are they? <laughs> but okay. At that level, at that level, you don't get to where they are without having mental fortitude. You just you're not going to be that guy without some kind of mental strength. It's just never going to happen. Hmm. You okay. Could, you you could don't go, think there's anybody in professional supercross or professional motocross that's mentally weak. That has that, that has some maybe something, some demons or something that comes out and causes an issue. Yeah, maybe so. But to get to that point, you have to have at some point you have to have some, some mental strength. 
Good luck, Michael. Kiss ass. Michael. No, oh, God. Michael. 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 No, Michael. No. Michael. 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 Michael Lindsay, thanks for joining us. Hello. How much of that did you hear? Uh, everything. Well, so, no, no, sorry. The my intro, yes. I heard something about mental weakness, though. So we were discussing Chase Sexton and throwing yep. some wins away, and I said, you know, at some point, if this keeps happening, if it's me and I'm racing in Oakland this coming weekend and I'm leading, I'm going, oh, 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 oh my God, don't lose it, don't lose it, don't do it again. Like at some point, it starts getting in your head. Scotty says, no way, Chase is mentally strong. He, he knows he's mentally strong. Where, where do you, uh, Lewis, we know what Lewis would say if he was here, but where do you fall? I, I don't know if I would call it mental. I, I think any of those guys at that level, I, I don't know if I would label Chase in the mental weakness category, really. I think he's, he's done very well under pressure by Eli a few times. When I think of his mistakes, I don't think of him like cracking and just literally falling apart and fading back. I just think of like, just like lapses in, in, in judgment or, or mental concentration momentarily. Um, but I, I don't know if I'd go quite that far. Cause again, it's not like he gets like broken halfway through a race and just falls apart and starts casing everything and going backwards. Like when I think of somebody being mentally like weak and breaking, that's, that's usually what I think of. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's mentally weak. I'm saying, at some point, that could start getting to him where he thinks about it, and it could affect things. I, it may not. It would me. <clears throat> I, I think I, even like last week, and you bring it up on the like in the press conference. I said, "Hey, is it a fair criticism that people continue to pick on you for those mistakes?" And like, do you personally think you've gotten better? Like when you think about it, or what? And he said, "No, it's it's fair." Like he goes, "Until I stop doing it," he goes, "It's completely fair to say." Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it definitely has to weigh on him. I mean, look at the pictures of him after the race behind the berm of just him head in his hands. Like, trust me, that, that affected him. That's what uh, I thought. Now, when we get to mental strength, it's like, how can you bounce back from that? I, I think, you know, one thing I listen to him is he always talks about, he's like, I'm going to go back out and try. And I don't think you can knock him for that. I think he goes out and keeps trying. But yeah, to your point, if it keeps happening at some point, it's going to, it's going to weigh on you deeper. I would think if, if it continues. Now, Scotty, when we talk about somebody who I feel is mentally strong, Cooper Webb, who gets his first win of the year, he he was not super great in qualifying. Um, his heat race, what do you have? Six in his heat race. He was like eight or nine seconds back in the main, I believe. Comes, uh, or no, that's I'm thinking of Hunter. Sorry, uh, but he he's back there just pouncing on sex and waiting for a mistake or almost. Almost up to him where he could make a pass a few times. Crashes, still wins the race. But what I'm thinking is now that he gets this win, Scotty, next week, like the Cooper Webb that we know that wins championships is back. He knows he can do it because he is mentally strong. Yeah, you know, I'll kind of take it straight back to the point we were just talking about uh, that Lewis made where, you know. I said Or Michael? Well, no. What well, we were talking about earlier about the conversation that Michael and Lewis had on oh, there. Oh, on the, on uh, yeah, the, okay. on the I misunderstood. On, yeah, and then uh, he was saying that you know Cooper Webb is is the read in that scenario, and that's and you know and, and that that was right there is a perfect example. You know, fifth, not the fastest guy, get into the race, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, he's going to fall off a of sexton, and then it's like, okay, four laps in, he's still there. Five, six minutes, seven minutes in, he's still there, and it's like, oh, he's oh, he's going to do it again, and then boom, it happens. 
ML, do you think uh, Webb could go on a streak of a couple? Um, yeah, I think it's always possible with him. I just think the dangerous thing is once he gets a win, he's just such a gamer. I, I feel like, okay, if we go to Oakland this weekend, he's running third or something like that. Um, you know, if he doesn't have it, I don't feel like he's the guy that will push it. He'll take the points. But on the right night, of course, when he knows he can do it, we've seen how he can kind of like will himself um, into it, like how he can will himself into the opportunity. And I think, you know, that's where I compare him a lot to, to Chad Reed is I feel like they both have a very unique, uh, you know, there's guys that are mentally strong in the sport, but I think of those two particular people that can just will themselves to do stuff on nights that they probably shouldn't be able to. Um, does Coop go on a win streak? He's not typically that kind of guy. Yes, he can he can reel off wins back to back, but he's not typically like how we've seen Eli or Jason, like sometimes go on five or six. That, that's pretty rare for him. I just think he keeps himself in the battle and he strikes when the opportunity is right over the next couple of races. And when it's not right, he just manages it and uh, comes out of a clean. I just think now that he's really, he's got to win that kind of, it, not that he was out of the towel before, but once you win and you stamp yourself into it, you know, Chase, you kind of question, is he going to throw it away during the race? Uh, Eli, you question, does he have a weird bad night where like Coop's danger in championship is, I just, there's not often that he has bad night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of think, like, once he's got momentum, you're like, man, this guy's probably going to be on the podium maybe the rest of the season, if not, like, right there on fourths or something. So I think that the danger is he's always going to be there. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, hey, Scotty, we just got a message that we're a little low I'm on YouTube. On Bump it. it up, like, two notches or something there. Sorry. Um, uh, Michael Lindsay tonight brought to you by Racetech. Hey, ML, did you know you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Racetech offers locally to you with a tuner you can drive to? Absolutely. I, uh, I'm i lucky I live near Racetech HQ, but there are some <laughs> fantastic centers around the country, and I've met quite a few of the guys that have done it um, that are those centers at some of their seminars. Really, really good people, really committed people. Yeah, they are all over the country. Racetech Service Centers, you can go to racetech.com to find out one close to you. Tonight's Racetech Service Center that we want to spotlight is 812 Suspension here in Texas. And they're providing honest, high-quality suspension work since 2010. Check those guys out if you need to get some service on your your suspension, you need new fluids, uh, or if you just need something new, you want to get some gold valves, racetech.com. I am actually wearing my PDR suspension shirt, thanks to my guy Clay up in uh, Minneapolis. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, thanks for eight, uh, I was gonna say eight twelve is Doc. I've met that guy. Super cool dude. I think he's ex. He's ex military or something. Just a super solid dude. Really cool to talk to. Um, again, another guy like I talked to him. His he's got a huge eye for uh, for detail and things of that nature. Definitely a dude I would love to have working on my stuff. Awesome. Thanks to Race Tech and Boyson for being the presenting sponsors of the show. Uh, we, I had talked to Scotty before you came on, we were just talking about the TV broadcast and I brought up three things that I thought were pretty cool. Open ceremonies on TV. That was, yep. that was cool for the fans that maybe don't get to see it or have never seen it. Uh, and then just having Weege and Stu in mm-hmm. the broadcast, Stu for the main events, Weege and Stu earlier in the day that I love the, the connection that we're trying to build with. Uh, pro, pro motocross because obviously Weege and Stu are the, the guys that are going to be on TV and just having them in. It's fine. It's about time. We got Weege on Supercross. Yeah. Him and, and James, I think it's really good. It's a, a view of what's to come. Um, I, 
on one hand, I kind of look at like, oh, it'd be cool if we had consistency across the year, but we also have some really good options with, with Blair and Weege in there for color commentating. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of both of them for different reasons. I think they both do an amazing job. But, man, I really uh, – and, and it's kind of surprised me as, as recluse as James has been for, for, the, for quite a while since he unofficially retired. Uh, he is so good on the broadcast, in my opinion. I think he fits the the talent area really well in the sense you have your color commentator that's there to name off, you know, the bi colors kind of keep you informed with the basics to keep you up to date of what's moving. And James really, I think, does a pretty darn good job of like diagnosing what these guys are feeling, um, what these guys are going through, what the tracks like, things of that nature. Um, I think, yeah, I just think he brings a lot to it. Yeah, I did too. And did you, uh, you get to see open ceremonies all the time, but like your parents are sitting at home watching the race. They don't get to go as often. What do you think that, what do you think showing open ceremonies for the average fan? Like, do you think that was a positive? You think they enjoyed it? Have you seen any feedback? No, I didn't see any feedback. I I enjoyed it. It's hard to, of course, capture what you actually feel there in person. Um, you know, I, I think they're learning as they do it. If they do get to do it at more rounds, especially with us on Peacock and being able to stream, not really, you know, have the, what would you call it, the time sensitivity. Um, maybe how they integrate in between the opening ceremonies and some of the, the features with the, the analysts, I think, could improve. But decent shot for first time. I think it's just nice to, yeah, let, let people at home be able to experience it. It's hard, though. It's going to be really hard to capture the emotion uh, that you see and, and see and feel in person there, especially because some of it comes from the fans themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, even, even Scotty, the, the feeling of the heat from the flames and the, when the concussion goes off and the whole stadium shakes, you definitely can't get that part on TV. No, uh, yeah, that's, it's one thing that I, that I actually missed being in the, the booth with you guys last year was that, get that, that face burn. <laughs> face burn. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes before we get Nate Thrasher on, but let's talk about his teammate, Eli Tomac, been pro- pretty much the most dominant guy in the series so far, leading the points. A bit of a lackluster ride this weekend, ML, but... Maybe that's just the old Eli being, hey, I didn't have it tonight or I didn't feel it tonight. I'm going to be smart and I'm going to get out of here safe. I Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm wondering. He too. definitely did not look comfortable at any point in the day. I heard a rumor about possible flu. I know a good amount of people were sick. I was sick the week before personally. Well, that- And I when we got to Texas, I ran into a lot of people who were sick and it always spreads through the paddock, so that wouldn't surprise me. No, No official confirmation on that, but Definitely, I, I thought we saw one little chink of, of old Eli there when old Eli, but just the one that when he's not comfortable, he's not pushing it. He really just seemed like he's like, okay, this is the pace I'm going, nothing else. Yeah, that would make sense though because he didn't look like himself on camera, like in interviews. He just seemed a little off, so that would make sense. <clears throat> he might be a little sick. Yeah, I think it's always that you know early in the season. I think every rider almost goes through it. Typically by the second Anaheim, I feel like everybody in the paddock gets sick once. You know, after all family holidays, we all start traveling. I always get sick in the first three supercrosses, it seems like. It is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Um, late nights, out in the cold after you're riding, things, it, it just happens. Sure. So it wouldn't shock me. Like I said, I think, I think everybody goes through it to a degree in the opening part of the season. But Scotty, with him having a... 
I'm going to use the term bad ride so we can make he'll be mad at me like everybody else gets mad at me. A bad yeah. ride for him. It tightened up the points, Chase. We got four points between first and third. That's good for us. Not only is it awesome that that is, but the but the guys, the three guys that are that are the ones that are in that discussion, I think is probably the best guys that you could have that you could ask for. You know, obviously it'd be cool if Anderson was a little bit closer. Yeah. But uh, I, I think I think the way it is is going to be awesome. And and I'll, I'll I'll quote one of one of my buddies. He always is a big Tomac fan. Is Tomac's fine? Tomac's fine. <laughs> well, he probably is. Yeah. He probably is. This points battle though, ML. If we could keep this, you know, let's say within ten. To the final two yeah. or three rounds, that's exciting. Yeah, I think whether you're Chase or Eli, like it is what it is. They're, they've been close in points. This is going to continue on. I think the the biggest takeaway I take from the evening is letting Coop get a win is dangerous. Even Cooper was talking about going into this like he kind of knew he needed to get it done last night because uh, even in his two championship years, he it's never taken him that many rounds into the season to win. I think he's usually won by round three the two years he won the title. Um, and this is the first time since 2016 it's taken us till round five to get our third winner. So it's been been quite a while. And that mm. year it was because Dungey ripped off Anderson won the beginning of 16, and then Dungey ripped off three in a row. Um, so I mean, just uh, like between Eli, yeah, he had a bad night, but he kind of sees what can happen with Chase sometimes. The most dangerous thing to me that came of all of it is that either of them gave Webb the opportunity to you know get back on on top. Um, yeah, I think they're they're going to be paying for that soon. Right, I agree. Yeah, to extend on that, Michael, I think I think you know Oakland's a little bit of an outlier because it's round two. But I think going back to the East Coast places, oh, like God, don't even start me with me on that. <laughs> round two. It's in Jeez. quotation air quotes, man. Uh, uh, it's round two. Round two. So that being the outlier. You know, you start going to places like Dallas and go more East Coast to where, you know, Dallas Cooper has the closest win in Supercross history. He's got a lot of good juju. I know he had his injury there, but... He should have won that night. Yeah. Sure. It, I don't know about... He should have won the championship that year, if not for that... Yeah. And so, you know, start going to East Coast, you know, that kind of puts him right into his wheelhouse. So, you know, he's very good at perfect timing to get hot, you know. So, that I think that's definitely something to, you know, to continue with what you were talking about. <clears throat> Well, one thing I also find interesting with everybody in this deal is we always know, like, Coop's somebody that kind of gets himself into the races. We go east. You also have Eli and Chase that had not similar off-seasons in the amount they raced, but also similar off-seasons in the amount of prep. When I've talked to both of them, you know, Eli did the the post, you know, did a World Supercross round, did Bercy on the old bike. Didn't get onto the new bike till, like, mid-November or something like that. You know, so kind of a later a later attempt for him. And then Chase had a very different off season where I feel like we saw him even on a social, just not on the bike as much. And he admitted as much, but both of them have commented to me, like, you know, I feel like this is a good thing. It's a good opportunity for me to build through the season where we see guys like, you know, one of my examples is I always feel like Barsha comes in really peaking early in the season, has a great opening of the season and then kind of papers in the middle where, I think Eli Chase are both confident in the way they did their off season this year and they might be able to build. And the fact they're already this good early, like, it could be dangerous. Those three could really solidify themselves. Yes. I think, you know, I think there's a chance Anderson can get himself back in there in terms of race to race, but I, his title hopes are, are basically gone at this point. Uh, I want to thank WUSA for being one of the sponsors. WUSA source for all things wheels. They support the Star Yamaha team, 
with Nate Thrasher, Thrasher who That's got true. second place, and they have, they support Cooper Webb and Red Bull KTM. So I want to use WUSA to bring in our guy Nate Thrasher. What's going on, Nate? Hey guys, how are you? Good, hey, good on. to talk to you. Um, glad to get you on. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you would say yes. Uh, so reliving this weekend, I know that man, you got to be pretty bummed about it. But what are some positives you can take away from uh, Tampa? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of positives. Um, the first weekend didn't quite go my way. Uh, I felt fast all day. I had good speed throughout the main and still throughout the heat race and all that. But uh, just a couple of dumb mistakes first race and uh, just didn't quite go away on what we wanted it to. And uh, just a good bounce back. The starts were a lot better this weekend, uh, last weekend in Tampa, which was a uh, very, very big positive. And I uh, just put laps down and uh, yeah, the main, it didn't end up going our way at the end, but it, it was good to lead some laps and uh, just keep building that momentum. We got a long, uh, long eight rounds left and uh, just want to chip away. Uh, there's not, you can't get it all back in one round, but uh, I, I showed that I can uh, win races. I just got to um, put it together on the uh, last ending of the race there, last couple laps to go. Yeah, when you look at that last lap, I, I wonder, like from my point of view, from the fans' point of view, viewing it, it kind of felt like you maybe maybe panicked a little bit. Like you knew he was coming. You changed your line. You kind of jumped over the berm to and, and almost worked where you kind of blocked him and could have – got the win and then you went into that last turn a little maybe too hot and didn't get far enough inside uh just take us through that moment like what am i right were you a little overwhelmed or what was that situation like uh no i wouldn't say overwhelmed i i kind of knew where the gap was i was kind of maintaining the gap and uh we uh i ran into some lap traffic and the whoops there and uh kind of screwed me up a little bit yep. and just kind of messed my flow up a little bit but i, I still regrouped pretty good i think from that and then Coming in the sand, that that turn before the sand, I got a little off balance there, and then I was fine coming in the sand. And then I saw him a couple laps earlier out of the corner of my eye, just kind of going to that inside. And uh, that inside was working pretty good all night, but I just wasn't quite uh, quite what wasn't jiving with the inside there. So I didn't want to go to the inside, but I kind of knew I had to because if not, he was going to do the same thing I did to me. Uh, in hindsight, I probably should have just stuck to my outside that I was sitting, but in that moment, it's, it's so hard to, uh, <laughs> uh, make that decision. I mean, you're always told to protect the inside. So I went to the inside. I knew he was probably going to get me on the outside. I kind of double clutched it there and just rode over the berm, which I kind of had to do at that point. Um, so I kind of hit him there and I thought I, I thought I was, uh, going to have a little bit of uh, leeway there cause I hit him pretty good. I mean, it was, it wasn't like I meant to or any mo- anything at that moment. I mean, the arm pump had settled in a little bit and we were fighting through that kind of thing. So it was kind of a last ditch effort to just make that kind of happen. And, uh, when in, when in that turn a little too high, I got a little off balance, maybe double clutched it a little too much and then came to the side of him there. And then going to the last turn, I mean, it, I just missed my breaking point by a foot, you know what I mean? And then at that moment, I was trying to protect the inside from him coming up the inside of me there and block passing me. But I mean, he, he pulled off a great move. I mean, it was, he was on the very, very edge of crashing going right. into that final turn to make that stick. It was I mean, a great move. There's really not much you could say. I mean, it's I, hard to pull that off. And he did. I don't know if you watched the race back, but earlier in the race, he used that same line in the sand. Uh, I was actually during the race, I was talking to some guys and, and they were like, oh, I think that was an accident, but he hopped the berm going after uh, Moseman. So I, I feel like that was a line he tried. So yeah, I couldn't be too upset about it. It, it was uh, it almost worked. Uh, Michael, you got something? 
I was just curious. Um, this is <laughs> this might be reaching a little bit. I know it's a bummer not to not to win, but at the same time, there's people that give you criticism, like, "Oh, the guy can only win, and that's it." I mean, at the end of the day, I know it would have hurt in the moment, but being able to sit back, look at Larry, okay, I'm on the podium. I've proven I can do something other than just be win or not in it. I mean, do you still take away positives from last night? And how long, you know, trip home? How long does it take you to to process and like, process and kind of get over the fact that oh, I could have won it? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough. Um, you just kind of, I mean, yeah, the whole podium thing. I mean, winning is a top step of the podium. So I've been on the podium. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's it's yep. a whole lot harder to win races than it is to get third and. Uh, I think I, I've been in positions to get third before and I'd be on the podium. I just kind of slipped away and those wins I've had were late in the season and I was at my best. And I feel like I've came into this season at my best, you know what I mean? And season prior with whatever it is, rookie season, I mean, you're working through kinks and all that. And, uh, this season I've came in and, and was at my best right off the rip. And, uh, that's what we've been striving for this year is coming in hot. And, uh, I feel like I can. I just build off this. I mean, it's definitely a positive to get on the podium uh, after the first round we had, but it, it kind of stings too because uh, to get back in this uh, championship, we needed a win. We needed a points, and that's a six-point swing. So it, it was definitely tough. Speaking of that, that point swing with what happened at round one, you know, not it doesn't put you out of the championship, but it puts you in a, in a tough spot. Do you change your focus at all to like, okay, it's just race to race, nothing else really matters. I just it matters what I do every weekend and in the grand scheme of things you can't look too far ahead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at this point, whatever point we are, twenty points down or whatever it is, um, I just gotta start chipping away. Uh that's what that's what it comes down to. I, I, uh it's been done before. Um I'm sure it's been done before. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just yep. gotta you gotta start winning. Uh, I mean, we just got to go race by race, do our thing every weekend and put our best foot forward. And if that at the end of the season is a championship, if so, that's great. And if not, it's not. But uh, I'm going to go out there and do my best I can every weekend. And hopefully I'll come back. I feel like I've got the speed this year uh, to uh, run, win races. And, and, and that's what we got to do from here on out pretty much. Hey, Nate, this is Scotty. You know, being that this is your first year in the East Coast, I just wanted to see what your thoughts was on the East Coast and kind of which coast do you think uh, fits your style and ability better? Uh, yeah, uh, this is technically my first year, but uh, the COVID year was uh, pretty much all East Coast rounds. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like both. Uh, not a big fan of the sand on this East Coast tracks that we've been having these past couple weekends. Um, just kind of uh, pretty gnarly on a supercross bike and uh, this sand like we had this past weekend and the weekend prior. But uh, the West Coast sand is definitely uh, quite a bit easier. It's just a little bit more uh, got a base to it. So that's a little bit easier on the West Coast. But I would say the tracks are pretty shape up kind of the same now, now really. Uh, Anaheim's pretty pretty rutted up and uh, all that. So uh, Tampa was pretty hard packed. So you, you would think it would be more rutted over here on the East Coast. But uh, it's just it's just different race to race. I feel like um, East Coast, like Atlanta, and the ruddier tracks, I think, suit my style better. So uh, when we get to those in uh, Indianapolis and stuff like that, I think will be uh, suit my style. I'm normally better on the ruddier tracks. Nate, I'm going to tell you, if you're sitting at home and watching these races, as just as a fan, those sand sections the last two weeks have been awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they, uh, they put us in great racing, but they are uh, very, very tricky with yes. the, well, how, the, how awesome. we have to set the bikes up. Yeah. Um, with the very stiff suspension, it's not ideal. No. In the sand. But I really enjoy watching you guys look as bad as I do every time I ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We for sure look bad. Uh, I, I I always feel bad because that you watch like C practice first thing in the morning, go through, that, and you're like, oh, guys are struggling. Let's get uh, be good when the A guys get out there. And then the first couple A guys send it in and still crash right yeah. in the sand. You're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It, oh, definitely. It's uh, definitely you got the straight line's not as bad, but as soon as yeah. you start turning, it's a it's a different beast. As soon as you let off the gas, yeah, oh, gosh, I mean the front end just drops straight away. Hey, your uh, your mechanic is Christian, right, Kaufman? Uh, yes. Yeah. So he had made a comment this week that uh, Tampa was a great way to bounce back after this week. Can you? But I, I, we don't really know for sure what that meant. Was there? Uh, did you have a bad week? Did was what was the bounce back from? Oh yeah, just from the the race weekend. Uh, I rode a little bit at that next week, and we're dealing through some stuff. But yeah, it's nothing we can't handle. Uh, we'll just keep pushing through and. I'm not going to release any of that. Okay. And uh, just yep. keep, just keep, just keep digging. That's all we can do. Yeah. We, well, I mean, the cards are dealt and uh, we just got to play with them. I, I obviously, whatever the situation was, you look pretty damn good this weekend in Tampa. Um, you know, unfortunately, like we talked about, you know, the, the last lap or so you hit some lappers and the sand got you, but yeah, you're, I think that, again, you've talked about the pauses from that. So it's going to be good. Uh, what are your goals for this week or what are your plans with going, they're going back West coast. So you've got a couple week break before Arlington. Uh, what are you going to work on? Is there any bike setup things you want to check out? Oh yeah. Maybe a little in the whoops. Uh, we're working on some stuff there, but the bike's pretty good. I haven't really changed much since Salt Lake last year. Uh, it's pretty much the same setup I ran there. We changed a lot before that race last year and I got the bike pretty much where I want it. We just got to execute a little bit better and uh, be a little bit better at the end of that main event. When the track breaks down, just pick my lines better, get through the lappers a little bit better, and uh, I think we'll be okay. It's just it's a lot that goes into it. It's a little, little bit of mindset. It's also uh, a lot of the body, how it feels later in that main, and just trying to execute. Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to win um, against the best guys. So we'll just we'll keep pushing. Uh, happy with the podium, but we, we obviously want more. Hey, I'm curious. So – Coming out of the last couple of years, you have Colt Nichols that um, <clears throat> moves on to 450s. You have Jacob doing his partial 450 Supercross season. Um, you know, Craig moves on. Kind of like the the real veteran base of the team has moved on. Jordan's a veteran, but he's incoming. Do you feel a difference in the focus that the, the team puts on you, puts on your input and everything now that you're you're still very early in your career, but you're becoming a little bit quicker as one of the more elder statesmen on your team? Do you feel more of a a focus on your feedback and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, I think they do a great job. Even, even with my, uh, rookie season, they always put, uh, everything into you. That's one thing about this team is you're going to get this, the best stuff they can give you. It doesn't matter if you're winning races or you're in dead last, like they're going to give you the best stuff they can. And, uh, even, even if you're focused, they don't think it, you're doing good. They're still going to put a hundred percent effort into you, which is awesome. I think they do a great job with that. And, uh, that's one thing, I think they've done a great job ever since I've been here. Even when I wasn't able to win in the beginning, I had struggles. They still put everything into me, still believed in me, which is awesome. And 
I think this year, yeah, it definitely, I'm definitely the guy was the guy coming in for them. And there's other guys on the team too, that they're expecting to win, but I had that on my shoulders. I kind of, there wasn't a guy that had won a championship here and wasn't expected to. We've all, we've won races, but not every guy on the team has. And I I was one of them that had, and I felt like I was uh, their main guy to go out there and win a championship. So felt like uh just got to keep doing it i think we're in a good spot with the bike and everything else we just uh we got a big deficit but um we can't we can come back from yeah nate i I just kind of had a fun scenario for you that i wanted to see what you thought of so obviously you're you know you're going out you're trying to win races i think you can that's all that's that's all good but i just had a fun scenario where let's you know last last year you ended up fifth in points but you had a win let's say this year you could get you know second or third in points, even maybe even first, but no, uh, um, no race wins. Which do you choose? Uh, it depends where we're at on that second or third and first. Well, okay. Uh, let's take the first out of it. <laughs> yeah, obviously for a second. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll be happy with second, but, um, we're not going to be over the moon with it. You know, I think if no race wins come and we're second, we're sitting back. Well, yeah, it was a good season, but it wasn't great. You know what I mean? I think second is a, a it's a solid goal, but our goal this year was to come in and win. And and if we don't achieve that, I feel like it's going to be a little a little disappointed. But we're going to be happy with it. I mean, you you always improve every year. That's the goal, right? So if we can improve and get into that second with no wins, I mean, we'll, I mean that's what we'll have to take. You know, if it comes down to it. But uh, I definitely uh, want a little bit more than that. Yeah, that that kind of goes to I I joked earlier about upsetting riders, and at the opening the press conference before a one, I said to Pierce Brown, like your season last year was, it was a bad season is what I called it, even though he got third in points, but I don't feel like his individual race results were what he expects of himself. That's kind of, I think what yeah. Scotty's asking, like or what you're talking about, like you want, like the race results right now are very important to you minus a championship, obviously that, that yeah, getting third over on points, but maybe finishing eighth and seventh and sixth. That's, that's not what you want. No, exactly. And I want to be on the podium consistently every weekend, week out. I think that's the goal right now is just put it on the podium every weekend, week out and uh, have a fight for a win. I feel like my starts are in a real good spot. I haven't been the first round. We just were not there off the starts. I don't know what I was doing, but it was not good. So I think uh, this, that week, last week we worked heavily on the starts and uh, I think we're having them in a good spot right now. And uh just got to keep striving. I think, and normally when I get a good start, I'm up there. So that's just what we got to keep doing. Okay. Hey, I got a, I got a really weird one for you. This is a weird rumor I had heard. I don't know if there's any truth to it. So talking about working on stars, I had heard a rumor that Michael Essie was down at your guys' compound working with some of you guys on starts. Is that complete and total BS or have you guys got a visit from the number 800? <laughs> yeah, we had, we had last year before, uh, outdoors okay. was in, I think it, I, I didn't think it was a big, big secret. I mean, he was like on the TV yeah. and all that talking about, he was down there helping us out. So yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, he helped us out last year a little bit. He came in a little bit this year uh, to help us out. So it's been good. Uh, he hasn't been much, just probably one time last year. And then one time earlier in the year this year, probably like November, December, it's just to give us some pointers. And he lives pretty close by in Jacksonville. So he just came out and helped us out a little bit. It's definitely been good. He's a great starter, as everybody knows, and uh, you're just getting little pointers here and there. But uh, at the end of the day, it just comes down to you, and you just got to execute. For for you, has it been more of a, a tech, like, to improve your starts, is it a straight-up technique thing, 
that you personally really had to change in how you do things? Was it a repeatability thing or was it something even with bike setup like, or is it, is it a mix of everything? Uh, yeah. Uh, since I've came in, uh, my rookie season is my start technique is kind of completely changed. Uh, it was good on little bikes. And then on two fifties, I kind of struggled with starts and amateurs and all that. And, uh, it was just not, couldn't repeat it. Like I would get a good start then I'd get a bad start, get a good start and a bad start. But last year I kind of got the technique down where I wanted it to. But then, uh, this season I haven't really changed any technique. We just changed a little bike setup and, uh, it's made a world of difference. I mean, at the level we're at, it just takes, I mean, l- a little bit better of a jump. You, you get a half a tire, uh, length knobby on those guys you can cut them off so that's yeah. what it's all about yeah i think that's a huge difference that a lot of people don't realize from amateur to pros like if any of us go show up at our local race there's maybe two guys on the starting gate that actually practice starts and have decent exactly. reaction times like you see a huge difference start where you guys everybody tries even the guys they say aren't good starters they practice starts they have reaction time you're yeah. trying to probably get every last little bit out of the first 10 feet just to get your barn for there, guy like that. You guys are all so practiced and well set up off the gate. It, it is really everything in the first 10 feet to get it done. Exactly. I mean, all those guys got whole shots when they were amateur too. You know what I mean? All those guys have got <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. shots out there. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about, but if they go to any other race, I mean, they're getting whole shots. So it's, uh, it's they're the best. It's the reason it's hard. It's always hard. Yeah. I can know kind of on that, you know, I guess none of us have been in that situation. So, once this good start is has been achieved, take us just through the, like that feeling of the first couple of laps, especially like you did in Tampa, where it was just you know you're you're gone, you're checking out, mechanic boards all thumbs up, you know the crowd's going. Just we've none of us and ninety percent of the ninety nine percent of the listeners have never had that feeling. Just talk about how how that is and what, what it I'm means. Doing. Okay, let's. Oh uh, yeah, let's the pro it's start. uh it's awesome. I mean, anytime you can get a whole shot, it's just like a fresher breath there. Like you're not getting roosted. You're not trying to pass guys that are weaving all over the place. It's just, it's like, man, I just need to hit my marks and uh, get away from these guys as quick as I can. Cause the first couple laps, I mean, is the most like separating. So if you can just get in your groove, just keep clicking your laps. I mean, that main event was a long one. I think it was like 19 laps or something, which normally they're not that long in the CBD class, but yeah, it was, uh, and the more laps I feel like is the, the longer it feels, you know, um, it just just clicking your laps and getting out front, leading some laps is really awesome. And when you get that the start, nobody in front of you, and then you, it's hard for some guys to focus on that. Just they start focusing behind them. But uh, I'm been really good about that. Just focus on in front of me. I can't control what they do. If they're going to pass me, they're going to pass me. It's just kind uh, of my mindset. Nate Thrasher tonight, brought to you by WUSA. Nate, I think I asked you this on press day. At one of the races, uh, or at Houston, I guess. Um, when a guy like Hunter comes in, so much hype. A guy like yourself, a little under the radar. It, do you like being under the radar, or do you use the other guy's hype as motivation, or does none of that really matter? Uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I'm not a big social media guy, you still you still kind of see it. Uh, it. I'm sure. I mean, sure, it uses a little motivation. It fires a little little flame inside of me. I mean, it's, you never want to be the underdog, but it's, it always fires you up more. You know what I mean? Uh, I've kind of always been the underdog, so we'll just keep using that and, uh, uh, hope to do great things. Well, I think, yeah, I, I definitely see you getting a win coming up. Uh, I, I do not believe Hunter's going to go undefeated as some people 
want to talk about. I think, yeah, you, you work on a few little things and again, just clean those mistakes up, right? I, that's, that's easier said yep. than done, but clean the mistakes up. You get a win already. So it's definitely coming. Um, how do you how do you work on that during the week though? How do you work on cleaning up these little mistakes? Can you even do that? Uh, yeah, I think you can. Uh, just a little bit. I mean, like just being a little bit better the final two laps, maybe in practice. Like when I'm 18 laps into the moto, just keep that just keep that intensity up, maybe a little bit longer. Just uh, maybe instead of letting him get within that range, don't let him get in that range. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just a little bit here and there, and uh, and once I put myself up there enough time, it's gonna happen. Uh, I believe that's just a matter of when. So we just got to get good starts. So that's what it comes down to all again. All right. Got one more for you, Nate. Yeah, Nate, yep. just uh, away from the track and, uh, you know, to training and all that stuff, what what are we doing? Are we golfing, fishing, hunting, bas- shooting basketball? What, 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 what do we got? Uh, big golfer. The new uh, nice. Netflix series just came out. So on the, I think it was first swing or something like mm-hmm. that. So we're watching that. Uh, New yeah. Formula One cars came out with their launch, mm-hmm. so we're keeping up with that. A uh, little gaming, a little Call of Duty, new uh, update today. So, yeah, we're doing a bunch of stuff, keeping busy, keeping fun, and uh, ready to go racing. Sucks we have a week off. Yeah, that's, I was wondering about that. You, you only get two races, and well, I mean, there was already a scheduled week off, so you wouldn't have been racing anyway, but it's just, yeah, it's like two races, and let's take a break. It's too soon. Yeah, I know. I'd rather that break a little bit later when we're a little bit more beat up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good right. point. Good point. Well, Nate, thanks for giving us some time tonight. I appreciate you coming on and uh, spending some time with us tonight. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, bud. Take care and uh, good luck in two weeks, man. Thank you. All right. That's Nate Thrasher brought to you by WSA. Guys, if you want uh, the exclusive W Edge wheel set starting at $799. Visit WUSA and use the promo code MotoXPodShow to save. ML, good stuff. Uh, he didn't. He didn't want to get into a couple things. <laughs> no, I figured he would. He would dodge that. I mean, <clears throat> I figured with the way it was this week, like what we didn't touch on is there's there's definitely a rumor of a, a potential knee injury, and I'm gonna guess by the way he he sort of walked around that that there's something going on. But you know, a lot of guys. A lot of guys race speed up in the sport. It's part of it. Like said, I think I can't remember the exact way he worded it, but you know, he said things they can handle. And yeah, sometimes you just have to, to put up, get through it. I mean, clearly he was able to get almost got the job done this weekend, but I would say in a sense, he did get the job done. If that's what happened and he rebounded and rode like that, then you know, that's all he can ask for. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes just won a Super Bowl with probably about 18 shots of Tordal in his ankles, so anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, somebody, oh, I think it was A-Ray was like, I want whatever he had. Yeah. Like, how can I get that? Yeah. Somebody said that. Can we yeah. get that in the Astros truck? I don't remember who Dude, it was. Did, Maybe it was Cade. Did you see Did you see the replay of A-Ray's crash finally? No, yes. I never saw I, it. I saw it. Really? Oh, I saw something I, I didn't. I, yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> Woo, Dude, that's the first. just came up today. He nose-picked the triple before the whoops, it was bad. The mm. moment he took off, it's one of those ones, as soon as he took off, you're like, he's dying. Yeah. This is not going to end well. There is no riding this out. Yeah, ML, he's, he's, oh, seat, oh, he's seat like bounced that thing from deep in the bottom of hell to uh, try to get that thing. I'll <laughs> check it out post-race. If I was as good as Mark's, I'd put it up on the screen right now. It was, uh, you, that'd be your job, Scotty. Yeah, oh, I, I don't have I'm, I'm out of buttons. <laughs> well, I think he does, does it from the laptop, but we'll, we'll learn that later. <laughs> we're just lucky we're streaming right now. Yeah, so. we're going to take a win when we can. Hey, I do want to tell you guys, um, I got a text from Clayton Miller today who owns Freestone, and he said mm-hmm. if, if anybody's listening that is a privateer, the Freestone Supercross track will be available for free 
next week leading up to Arlington. So you guys contact Clayton Miller and Freestone, give you guys a place to ride. That's really cool. I want to give a shout-out also to our email, modoxpodshow at gmail.com. We have a winner of the FXR casual. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But just send us send us any uh, comments on the show, anything, any questions that we'll get to. We'll, we'll start reading them if you guys start sending them. So I want to talk to, about those things. Uh, ML, I got a chance to ride this week. It was pretty muddy. And when I got done with the the wash job, I used the Motul Shine and Go. I used to use another product. I finally got a chance to use the Shine and Go. That stuff smells so good. The other product, I ain't worried about that other product anymore. Dude, I, I coat the... Ah, I dropped my phone. <laughs> I coat the inside. I clean like the benches in my shop with it yeah. all the time and stuff. It's one of those things you get going. You're like, this is great. You walk out from it and you come back and you're like... Oh, that's a lot, but it's good. I always joke that uh, we would, I would uh, clean the, I would coat the counters in the race trailer with and stuff. Inside the race trailer, it smelled like cotton candy. Oh, nice! It's great. That's I'm, at least what I always think it smells like. It kind of reminds me of cotton candy. I need to ask for a couple other cans because I, I could use them in the bathrooms for you know instead of Febreze, use them in my truck. The stuff's awesome. I, I always wanted to use it as a joke for a social post with Cody, and we never got around to this. Is I was going to have him do like the deodorant spray with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Arm pissed at Chesty. Give your ride Little at double Shine. double pissed at Chesty. <laughs> yeah. Give your ride at Shineback. The Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray is our go to detailer for all of your bikes. Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray cleans and restores plastic to light <clears> new condition while leaving a protective film that repels dirt and grime. ShopMotul.com, ShopMotul.com, and enter the code VITAL20 to receive 25%. That was a, I didn't even say that right, did I? 25. 25. Pie. You 20? can say 20 pies. <laughs> 20 God, you sound like Lewis. Blueberry, cherry, what kind what of pies. Says free for three. Receive. <laughs> three for free. <laughs> receive 20% off your order of $50 or more. Any local cycle gear store or online at any major power sports website. Shine and go. Thanks to Motul. Okay. Let's get into Tampa as a whole. We hit a couple highlights, but I wanted to wait till you got on ML to talk about Tampa. Uh, Tampa. Tampa. Thrasher just talked about the sand. Dude, I love the sand section the last mm-hmm. two se- weeks. I freaking love it. I don't care that they don't like it. When it works, like that worked, it caused mayhem. It wasn't just some BS sand section. I loved it. No, I, I did as well. I went through and did a little bit of a deep dive um, for our Put Me Lewis's post race show on uh, segments. And almost every rider had this exact same situation. Let's say they started the race on a, a 49 by the end of the race, they're on a 51. They started at 50, they're at a 52, 53. Almost all of that loss during the race would be the sand section. They would be tick for tick on segment one, a little worse than segment two with the whoops, maybe half second off, segment three, segment four, the same. These guys are losing a second or two across the race in segment five in the sand. It shapes up. It changes so much every lap. I get it. Having rode a supercross, I've never rode a supercross setup on sand, but I've rode a supercross setup in general, and I get it. They don't work. There's a reason why it looks so terrible on those bikes. Um, tire choice, tire, like everything. There's a reason why it doesn't work. I get it why the riders are angry. I kind of laugh that they throw such an, their arms up on it because it truly is. A, it is truly entertainment value for us. And guess what? It's not racing ain't easy. <laughs> Riding's not easy. Right. What do you, What are your thoughts, uh, Scotty? When the guys, the riders don't like it, do you feel like the track builders? All right, the riders really don't like it. It's hard on the setup. Let's get rid of them. Or no, it's better for racing. See, I I I don't really. 
I'm not a big fan of them, to oh. be honest with you. Wow, you suck. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> don't you like because it? Because my wow. opinion differs than yours, I yes. suck. Well, yes, <laughs> okay. that is the wow. case. Uh, but I'm going to allow that, you to explain why. Okay, just purely aesthetically, when you they had the opening zoom on the whole, uh, wide zoom on the whole Supercross track, and you look and you see that it looks like dang near half of that thing is the sand section. I just, it's not sand cross, it's Supercross. And that's... <laughs> I mean, I get it okay. that it, I get it that it makes the racing intense and exciting at the end. But there's other there's other sections that you can do, and other kind of rhythms and all kinds of stuff that you could do to make. I would rather see more variance in the, the opportunities to do different rhythms than just a giant sand section. Now, ML, tell him why he's wrong. <laughs> it's it's the same problem that's wrong with American motocross. We can't ride other terrains. We can't ride real hard pack. We can't ride supercross. We have to ride one perfect. Or sorry, we can't ride sand. We can't ride a hard pack. We can only ride one perfect dirt. Why do you think the guys at GPs kick our butts when it's not perfect? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I I just I I do agree with him. I think I think supercross tracks in general are too cookie cutter. I would like to see more variation of rhythms more variation of corners. I throw it back to like, get some riders involved. One of my favorites was it St. Louis 08, the one, the Pastrana design that had the wall berms inside and out going under the tunnel that you could like bar drag off the inside. Like TP did some, did a really cool track that year. MC did one. Um, you know, it's difficult, but I miss seeing the old like dragons back up and into a single with a dragons back down where you either had to jump from one dragons back to the other, or jump in or jump over it. Like, I don't know, just just more variation would be nice, but I think sand's included in that. I just think in general, yeah, these guys ride these tracks, so they're two spec. There's a reason why they can roll out first lap and hit basically everything, especially the 450 guys have been doing it for years. They can just go out and click out all these sections within a lap or two other than a couple unique quads here and there. It, it's because it's all so similar. Mm-hmm. I just like to see the guys challenged a little yeah. more often. I'd, I'd like to see it. And I think it can go both ways. Like Tampa outside of the sand was a fairly easy track layout wise. That's why some of the times we're so close in the other segments. I think sometimes tracks can be easy. I, I think sometimes they can be really difficult and have rhythms that mess you up. I think that's ending my long winded part here. The thing <laughs> I like about having the sand is that it created such a variance in lap time, even from best to worst. Even a really well-designed rhythm section does not create that. However, I do wish we had rhythm sections that were a little harder to nail every lap, like really threw guys off, like you had to be a little more pitch perfect to, to get them. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned that TP track. That was the sickest Supercross track ever made. That Thank you! Stewart had like this, he was like stepping on and, and then like tripling off and then quadding out. It was crazy, dude. It was that, was, that was like my favorite thing ever. I think that they should do stuff like that again. Yeah. And like like you said, like, uh, what what was it the race that uh, that Tomac went, that was trying to pass Webb and went down? Was that Anaheim 2? When? When he, he when he flipped over the hay bales over trying to do that step on oh, yeah 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 stuff oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah stuff like that where he's trying to step onto another uh, table over a single like right. stuff like that that's yeah. what I want to see let's add fifteen feet to the triple just surprise the guys yeah don't tell nobody well, how just about, <laughs> how long has it been since we remember we've had a couple times where they basically built a quad out of a triple that was like a hundred feet oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Again, I just I just think variance it would make some of these races more memorable as well. Like sometimes the tracks bleed together in my mind so much during the season. I'm having to try to remember with a dirt color to figure <laughs> out what race we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Well, 
I could go on and on about my issues with the sport sometimes. If we talk about a highlight from Tampa, AP's got to be one of them. Finally, got a oh, po- yeah. got a podium. Past Eli in the heat race, like no problem whatsoever. We already talked about Eli's issues, but ML, we talked about this a little bit last week with Lewis. AP, this may be the best we've ever seen him on a 450. I mean, I think it is the best we've ever seen him on a 450. I think the best we've seen him back to back races, he has had some real, like, I, he's one of those guys that gets a little bit of flack, like, oh, why does he have his ride? Well, go back and look. He's had some really big moments. He shows those glimpses. I think we've seen him be close to this good or about this good, but never a couple races in a row. He's, he's been had some really good moments across all the opening rounds so far. I mean, this weekend, uh, I'm trying to think. Sexton's best lap time to Webb's was like two-tenths, not even quite. And then Plessinger's was like less than two-tenths from Webb's. Like, he was legitimately fast. Yeah, you know, I, I wrote down in my notes as I was watching the race, and I wanted to ask you guys, you know, it doesn't even have to be for just this season, just in general in the long run. What What is AP ceiling? Mm. Uh, oh. I don't. It, it, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. It, it's tough. Like, I mean, it, it would take another advancement. I Right now, I'm like, there's nothing that really tells me, like, oh, this guy is going to win a, a 450 Supercross title. But I think from what he's shown, like, this guy can become more of a consistent podium guy, which I think against, again, people like, it's weird to say because against people like Tomac and Webb and Sexton, that means you're pretty damn good. You should be able to race for a title. Um, it's going to take a little more. I, I, I don't know. I, I just really don't see it. Outdoors, however, I mean, and this is nothing against Osborne. Like Osborne won a title um, when I don't think a lot of people thought he probably would on a 450. I think AP is of enough quality if the cards fell in his favor. Like maybe he could win an outdoor 450 title one day. You just you never know. That, that series is really weird. But Supercross... I think he can be a consistent podium guy. I think he can get a little better than we see him now, but I, I don't know if he can get all the way there. Yeah, definitely not a championship. I don't. I, I don't think that. I, I'm going to say it's impossible. Almost. It's, yeah. very, it's very, very close to impossible. It's like a Wyndham, I guess. I can see a win if everything falls into place just right. Maybe even a couple wins, podiums, somewhat consistently. But that's about it. Not much more than what we've seen. Right. So in in Lewis's scenario where. Uh, Stewart is Sexton and Tomac is Carmichael and Reed is is Cooper Webb is 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 AP Wyndham. Mm, I don't even I don't know. Mm, I'd say no. That one I think from a showmanship standpoint well, he is. If he starts doing transfers I, I think, and opening ceremonies, yes. Uh, yeah. Um I don't know. I, I think there's I don't know. I, I'm not gonna say a hard no, but you know you gotta sell it on me more. I gotta see more <laughs> like I hate saying it Wyndham was at times, the ultimate bridesmaid. Um, I think if – never mind. I would piss Lewis off so bad if I said this. <laughs> I was going to say, as of right now, Chase is closer to being Wyndham than Plessinger is. That's not – I think I think Chase can get – you know, I think Chase can get it done. But if we're going off current results, Chase is a little closer to and, – and, you know, Honda and the way he rides and stuff. Chase is a little closer to that. I, I think the chances of Chase winning are were higher than maybe Wyndham's. I don't know. Maybe earlier in Wyndham's career, maybe you're right. But I guess that's. I mean, you got to admit, like, yes, Wyndham early, like at some early point in his big bike career, like it looked like the guy could be could win a title eventually. Yeah. And again, I think I think Chase is above that. But if I'm going off current results between the two, Plessinger hasn't quite gone there, and Chase is honestly closer to it. I think you know, again, Chase will move beyond that, but. 
Yeah, I love AP. I I love seeing that him have some good success. I think he's he's the man. A, AP is great for the sport. That's mm-hmm. a, a good thing. The the crowd just gets all hyped. Do it for Dale. <laughs> yeah. The the Southern crowd loves some AP. Yeah, uh, I think well, in general it's it's great to have somebody like him. That's just again. I think some of the guys like me and Lewis are even talking about this a little bit. Like we're looking at comments and views on on Texan pieces and like. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to Chase. I think Chase is a great guy. Um, you know, he's still maybe growing into the person he is, still kind of growing a fan base. Like, he's not a, a huge, like, he's not a massive draw for, for views sometimes, by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain guys fall into I think Tomac wasn't a big draw early in his career. As of late, people have appreciated him more, and he's a bigger draw. Um, but AP has a certain draw to him that, that yeah, some of our top guys miss. They're a little too cookie cutter at times. Where you look at like an AP and AC, two that have life titles that haven't really figured out how to get it done quite yet on a 450. And honestly, people are drawn to them. So the way they carry themselves, the way they deal with the fans, um, yeah, we need that. We need that in the sport. Before we get to our next guest here in just a moment, the last thing I want to ask about AP is ML. A lot of 450 guys contracts are up. This is a contract year for AP. Yeah. Do you think that makes that's making a bit of a difference in how he's riding, or do you think he just figured things out? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I'm sure he feels some pressure. Um, I think just figuring things out, like every everybody we saw on that KTM platform. When I talk to him, so much of it is finally him being able to run, be allowed to run a choppered bike and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's just finally getting the team to understand him and go the direction he needs to, um, and not have everybody kind of on the same setup. Uh, yeah, you can always say you got pressure. Pressure from contract will play into it. I will say, though, is what he's doing is definitely, you know, got to be perking up some eyes and making the KTM boys, you know, consider that extension. Yeah. So, as someone in this show said, how can AP be a cowboy vegan? Is is he a vegan? Is that a fact? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but I don't know. Yeah, I could text him and ask, but yeah, I'd be, but who, like these riders are, they're on pretty strict diets. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I know they're like eating chicken and broccoli and stuff during the race and all that i'd be very curious because i know a lot of alvin's guys are more like i think you would call it more like pest where i know they eat a lot of fish so i don't think he's a, a vegan i don't know how yeah i being a vegan just i don't even I, know what that means completely but i know <laughs> it's not who i want to be it's <laughs> something it's something that you would literally not be able to survive for more than 24 hours hey, My, what was yeah. he gonna do eat potatoes <laughs> No, but uh, our next guest might. <laughs> What's that? Our next guest might what? Just eat potatoes. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to find out here in just a minute. He's going to be brought to you tonight by Prox. Scotty, you're rebuilding a bike. You can go to Prox and get pretty much anything you need, OEM quality at an affordable price, filters, chains, sprockets. Prox aims to bridge the gap. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search for parts for your bike and follow Prox Racing on social media. Tonight, Prox brings us from Factory Honda, Chance Hymas. What's going on, Chance? What's up, guys? How are you doing? Doing good, man. Glad to get you on here. Uh, I've been trying to get in your schedule for a while. You're a busy guy getting ready for this Supercross season. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've been hard to get a hold of, but that's okay, man. I want to talk to you about you had a lot of success in Supercross Futures last year. Then you decided to go pro this year. How much help, how much did Supercross Futures last year benefit you for what or prepare you for this season? I mean, it's definitely like tracks get a lot smaller with tough blocks and racing the stadium <laughs> with people. 
you know, it's, it's a whole different thing and it's, you know, can't replicate a race scenario. So it just made that, that jump to racing pro supercross just, it made it easier for me in the sense of like, it, it was almost like I did it in a sense. Like when I lined up for my first heat race, it was just like, you know, like I've already, I've already been in that same scenario in a way. So in that case, it made it a little bit easier for me. And I would say for other people that have done futures, it would, I would feel like they would say the same thing. And then obviously where you're on the schedule, you have scheduled qualifying sessions and then your race is on the schedule. That also helped too, just helping you <clears throat> plan out your day with it. But I mean, I'd definitely say the future has helped me with making my debut a little bit easier on me, I would say. Yeah, I think the the schedule during the day is a big part of it, right? You're used to going to amateur nationals and you race, maybe you race Monday and then you race Thursday or whatever. The it, To come straight from that into Supercross at the professional level with all the demands, the media demands, the team meetings, watching video, qualifying, et cetera, et cetera, it could probably be really overwhelming. Yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, even though I had that little bit of experience, I mean, it's still overwhelming. I mean, you're in a, you're at Houston, we're in a packed stadium, bunch of people. We're right after opening ceremonies, and like you're the first race of the night. Like, there's everybody's there watching. It's it's a lot to take in, especially where I'm 17 years old. Like, she's like, I've never quite experienced something like that before, and it definitely just helped taper off. You know, the nerves. I mean, obviously, the nerves are still there, but like. Where I, like I said earlier, like where I feel like I've been in that same scenario, it just made it, you know, not as nerve wracking. Sure. Yeah, Chance, this is Scotty. You know, there, it seems like there's a there's a plan now. I'm air quoting that. There's a plan for the guys upcoming. I think the Supercross Futures fits into that plan very well. But just kind of talk about uh, like being, you know, you want to be solid and get good results coming in as a rookie rather than coming and just blowing the doors off of everybody. How do you? kind of prevent yourself from riding over your head and sticking to the plan? Um, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's hard. I mean, especially for me where I don't have like a lot of like, you know, super cross experience, I would say. I mean, I have a year under my belt and I have one full off season now. And it's just, the, with super cross, like it's, it's so intense in its own ways that, you can easily ride over your head and like sometimes pushing hard is not the way to go. And you just, over time you just mentally have to switch or mentally have to train your brain just to be able to make that switch. You know, if like, if you don't need to push, then you don't need to push, you know? Hey chance ML here. Uh, I was curious, your own expectations. Do you feel like you've met them so far over the opening two rounds? Personally, when you roll off the track, like, are you pretty satisfied with how you've been doing? I know everybody always wants more, but would you say you're ticking the boxes for, for yourself at this point? Right. I definitely did a Houston because, I mean, I only had a couple goals coming in. Like, I just wanted to get a good start right up front for however long I could. And then, you know, just not crash, not have any big crashes, not have any dumb mistakes. And at Houston, I feel like I accomplished that. At Tampa, Tampa, my daytime program was better. I qualified three positions, better qualified fifth. But I made I I crashed a couple times in the sand. I feel like that one got a little bit of everybody. So it's like it's not really a pass. But I mean that kind of just is what it is. And then I didn't really get a good start in the main, and I just kind of struggled. Like I was I would have finished ninth if Smith's bike didn't blow up or whatever. But it just I wasn't really pumped with the scenario I put myself in because I 
I don't know. I didn't feel like I rode very well in the main, even though I still finished eighth, which was what I got in Houston. But it just, I was a little, I was a little bit bummed at the end of it because I knew I could have had more based on what I had and what I did in qualifying. So, so oh, go ahead, go ahead, Michael. Oh, I was going to say, um, I know originally your schedule was announced as like a kind of a partial, like you know, select rounds. I think is how it was, it was termed. I don't know, A, if we're, we're still on that, um, but with where it's going, if, if the decision is coming up soon, how are you feeling about it? Like, are you like, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll get a couple and go go to outdoors? Or, you know, me, me and Lewis were debating this on, on post-show, and I thought with you riding so well within yourself, I think you look so controlled on the track. I was like, man, I'd love to see you do more. Like, you're not, I guess in my sense, like, from my perspective, you're not doing anything too, you're not doing anything sketchy. Like, I feel like you're getting a lot of learning in here. What, what would you like to do? Do the selects or would you like to keep going? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough thing for me. I mean, I'm not really at the point where I can decide, but I feel like yep. if I had the option, I if it was like a 50, 50, whatever I want to do, I'd like to keep going just to keep an experience. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I do want to, like, part of me wants to take like, not do the whole series and get ready for outdoors so I can, you know, be competitive yep. for outdoors. But it's, part of me wants to, where I'm already riding Supercross, I want to keep getting the experience because I feel like it'll benefit me a lot for next year. And then that yep. way I, I'm not kind of in the process to where, like, I, I feel like I could be close to the top next year. Like, I could, instead of being right now where, I, where I'm that eighth place bubble, you know, be closer to that top yeah. five and consistently, like, you know, top five. So I just feel yeah, like if I then, kept doing these and just kept getting experience, that would help me next year. But I feel like also maybe being done after Daytona and getting ready for outdoors and just making bigger gains for outdoors, I feel like that would also benefit me for obviously outdoors but and Supercross, you know, just with building strength and stuff. But I don't know. The plan's still to go to Daytona, and then we're going to reevaluate after that. Awesome. I, I guess even to kind of touch up on what you were saying there, like I guess even in your place mentally, it'd be like, oh, if you do a partial Supercross season, it'd be like next year, would you kind of be sitting there almost like, well, this is technically my first whole Supercross season, so <laughs> I'll just be a little better where, I don't know, if you get a full one in here, I'm sure it will put your own personal goals even higher when you go into next season because, well, I've got a full season. More is expected of me, and I expect more of myself. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, even though I only did one race, I was expecting more out of myself. But yeah, I mean, the, the classes, the way the class is right now, I mean, it's it's pretty stacked and there's a bunch of people that can go really fast for a long time. So it's just, yeah. you know, I expect more out of myself and I feel like everyone does. But it's just, you know, it's small, it's small building. Like I can't, can't rush it. And I don't, because I don't, I don't want to make any dumb mistakes. And then the worst thing I could be doing is not riding right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, it's, you, I mean, even if I'm not getting the results I'm I'm wanting, at least I'm out there learning <laughs> versus yeah. getting a couple of good results and then crashing and not being able to race. You mentioned being a little bummed with a couple things. At your age, I, I'm always intrigued when somebody's so young and having to deal with the pressures of what's expected out of a guy like you're a professional athlete at, you know, at basically a teenager – how do you overcome being bummed? Because that could linger in your mind and you maybe haven't matured enough emotionally to really know how to put that aside. Right. I mean, I have a good group of people around me, especially where I train with Hunter and Jet. They're really good with me. I mean, like I almost get like the big 
the little brother syndrome from those guys. Like it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's definitely tough when I feel like I'm pretty close. Like some days I'm close to them on the practice track. And then, I mean, at Tampa, Hunter lapped me. Like it's, 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 it's <laughs> tough in the race scenario, but it's just like those guys are just, even after that race, they were both there. They're just really good with me and just making sure like, like don't get down on yourself. Like you're, it's literally your second race. Like wow. you're going to be just fine. And, it's, you know, it's, for me, it's just, I feel like I've surrounded myself with a good group of people and they've had my best interest, I would say. And yeah, it's just what, what, what happened in Tampa happened to Tampa mm-hmm. can't change it. So might as well just start, start uh, working towards the next round. I like that. Cause I know jet Hunter just a little bit and I know how much ball busting they do. And I know how my friends are. So if I was you in that situation, yeah, my friends aren't going to support me. They're going to be giving me so much crap. So, you have terrible friends. Well, you're one of them. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> he reaps what he sows. Yeah, I, I do the same thing, though. So, if, yeah, I would not have been as friendly to you either, Chance, if we were buddies. I would have probably given you – if I would laughed you, I would have probably made you – I would have been a butthole. But working with those two guys, I want to ask this. Again, at your age, going into this class, you line up against guys that are quote unquote superstars. And it would be somewhat easy to be like, oh my God, I'm lined up against Jet Lawrence, or I'm lined up against Hunter Lawrence, or I'm lined up against whoever. I would assume by now, working with those guys, you don't have that anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, at a point, I mean, I, re- I remember watching Jordan Smith race Monster Cup on 250 when I was a little kid. I mean, he's just, so old. It's stuff like that. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't think about it at all and then like sometimes i'll just sit and ponder it's like wow like some of these guys i used to watch growing up or i'm racing them but yeah. now that i'm into it like you almost can't think of it that way because men like it's almost like a mental block it's like yeah these guys have been here doing this a long time that means i can't beat him because i i have no experience you know so it's just like ever since i kind of got at the end of my amateur career and started making this transition it's just I don't know, it switched for me and mentally I was just trying to picture myself being up there instead of like seeing these guys and be like, wow, these guys are really fast. How am I supposed to beat these guys? You know? But like even being with Jet and Hunter, I mean, everyone knows where they came from in their story and how Hunter's had his struggles over the years. And it's just like I've went from being out outside their circle, being out of fan perspective, and then they've brought me in. I'm almost and they're almost like my second family. So it's just like you get you get the fan experience and then you get like the real you get the real behind the scenes of it. And it's just it changes a lot of things. Yeah. And I would I would say for a lot of people it if they got in that same scenario and it's not just those two, there's a bunch of people that have that same same scenario. And once you get behind the scenes and see it, just you have a whole different perspective on everything. Yeah, you know, the you know the caliber that those guys are, just kind of talk about the pride that you get being the guy that was added to the team, especially since last year it was just those two. Being that guy that's added in, describe how that how that makes you feel in the and you know the ability that you get to ride for that team. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy when it's when we first heard about it possibly being an opportunity. It was just it was pretty amazing. I mean, that spot they made that that spot for those two. They didn't even have a two fifty team as of two years ago, and then or three years ago, two years ago, and then they wanted to make an amateur spot for me and have me ultimately 
end up like replacing Jet on the 250 side. It's just like you, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and it's just I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of things going through my head at the time. Yeah, I bet. And it was just like to me, it was just pretty surreal. And like there were so many times like I didn't think it was gonna happen. Just because, like, they were trying to iron out things, and it's just like, am I gonna do this? Or like, what? What do we? Like, I don't. I didn't know what I was gonna be riding. I, we didn't know anything, and then, you know, it got to the point, and like, right before I signed my contract, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we'll get it figured out." I mean, we'll have to iron out a couple things once we get going, but I mean, it's nothing we can't handle. So it's just once, once I signed with the team, and then I started, I got to know Jet Hunter even. Chase and Kenny at the time, and now Cole. It's it's been it's went from being like my team to like more like my family. Like I've gotten to know everybody, and I feel like everyone's. I'm not the amateur kid anymore. I'm like <laughs> I'm still the new kid, you know, or the rookie. But everyone knows me a lot better than when I started. So now it's like more of a family environment to me. Great to hear. I thought, kind of touching on what you said, something <clears throat> I think that might interest like fans is is your route to here. So some of what you just said, like I was around some of the Honda guys at the time. So I know talking to Joe and Brandon, like originally it was supposed to be the Lawrence's and then that was it for two fifty. So they, they really wanted you bad enough. Like so they basically sort of stepped out of the original plan to make this happen. Um, you get brought over there. Uh, <laughs> last year you're, I mean, you take care of a lot of your own bike work stuff. You are, doesn't, you don't have a ton of supercross experience maybe compared to like, for instance, Hayden Deegan come up who spent years on it as a super mini. So there's a lot of these things you you're in this, you're, you're following the Lawrence's and HRC. There would be all this pressure, but it really seems like all those people you were talking about in your corner are helping keep perspective. And I don't know from the outside looking in, if people realize again, all these little aspects of like, yeah, chances the HRC kid, he's the next thing they've, they've picked after the Lawrence's, but at the same time, it seems like everybody's really good about knowing kind of what your path has been to get here and giving you the the time to, to properly be ready to to do this. Right. I mean, and even the past, you've seen so many rookies that have been rushed, and yeah. they've they've rushed what they're doing. And then, I mean, you can look at them now. It's just yeah, they don't they don't want that to happen to me. And <clears throat> it was just the Lawrences want me to. They want the best for me and they're obviously the two best guys in the class and it's, they want me to follow in their steps, you know, and it's, it's not just for me. It's almost, it's a whole team thing. Like they want Honda to be the best brand. They want our compound to be the winning compound. You know, just, there's a bad, there's battles with within battles, you know, sure. like it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And because the team is just like this year, they're just, you know, go do your thing. More, most important thing is we learn and we build and you know we have you're in a good headspace and I feel like the team and the Lawrence's have been really good with me and even even my family and <clears throat> the ex- my extended sponsors you know they're just they're 100% backing me and no matter how I do they're they're always there for me and they're there to help me succeed you know well and speaking of ball busters you also Lucas Myrtle is a guy that is in your corner and will fight for you and get you some of these better deals and things like ML was talking about. And uh, I think he's a good guy to have in your corner. Uh, we've seen what he's done with the brothers and of course, you know, working with Joe and Max Volan and he, he sees something and he knows how to, he knows how to, the business side of it to get you the best opportunities. Right. And if it wasn't, I mean, 
Lucas is the whole reason I have an HRC ride right now. Right. Like if it wasn't for him um, speaking on my behalf, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on Honda right now. I mean, obviously, cause he's, he's Jen Hunter's agent and I didn't have an agent as of 2021 at the beginning of the year when I signed my contract in October that year. And, but he was, even though we weren't working together, he was always just, you know, checking in on me and he's like, whenever the time comes, I'm interested in working with you guys. And then, he was talking about us about the Honda deal, and he's, it came to the point where he's like, if you can get us a Honda deal, we'll sign with you, you know? So, I mean, Lucas did his thing, got us, got us the opportunity, and we signed with him, and Lucas has been nothing but good to me. Good to hear. You know, kind of speaking of some of your other mentors and guys you've had in your corner, uh, what's the what's the thing that Weimer has done or said that resonated with you the most? Um, I don't have, there's probably not one thing or the other. I was, I've been around Jake a long time now. Um, cause he moved back to Idaho 29, 20, 2019, I think. But that was when I was making my jump from super minis to big bikes. And he was, he was there for most of it. And then the last couple years at Cowie, that's when he started working with me a bunch and, I got to know Jake well, and even this whole last year as an amateur, he was, we were going to races together. He would come to California with me. We'd go to Nevada or go to Mesquite, and I would go train with him during the week. And it's just my relationship grew with Jake where he wasn't just my training. Like I saw him as one of my best friends. So it's just me and Jake got along really good. And I don't know, there's just not, there's not anything really in, in particular that would stand out, but. You know, me and Jake have a really good relationship, and even though I'm not working with him anymore, I still do. And, I mean, he flew out to Houston to come watch my first race just because, I mean, he was he was there for a lot of it. And it's, I mean, it's Idaho Pride. There's not a lot of us that came from Idaho to where we're at in the sport, and he wants to, you know, wants to help me be better than he was. Okay, so then what's the what's the funniest thing you've ever seen Jake do? The funniest He's thing. Drink. Uh, yeah, has he ever drank around um, you? <laughs> I don't know. Jake and Coke. Jake and Coke. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Yeah. I, do you I do probably, you listen to Pulp a little gonna, bit? I'm not gonna say it, but it's it's along those lines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chance, do you listen to Pulp a little bit? Do I? Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Oh, okay, so you haven't heard you. You need to go back and find the shows. Just go ahead and listen to the shows with Jake and and Ryan Villapoto in studio together. Oh my god. Yeah, picture Jake yeah, around he, a campfire and so put him, much ammunition him against Jake. Yeah, I already. I mean, I have enough. Okay. Already. <laughs> well, so, well, well, let us I hear mean, about it. Let's go. More, let's go down that road. <laughs> I, I guess extended. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead, ML. Last one for you, David. Uh, Chance. I got. I got uh, one. I <clears throat> went. Who was honestly more excited when you got your Honda deal? You or your dad? For anybody that doesn't know, your dad's a Honda dealer, and his name on Instagram is literally Doctor Honda. <laughs> I'd honestly probably have to say my dad. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's, I mean, I don't know if anyone knows this, but my first 85 was a CR 85. Like he literally bought me a CR 85 and <laughs> he sold it. He's cause my older, my oldest brother, when he rode, I mean, they, they still made CR 85s and he sold it to one of our friends. And then he bought it back from one of our friends. And I have, so I have two older brothers and they both wrote it and he rebuilt it for me. So like, 
not only did I race a CR85, I also raced a CR85 that my two older brothers raced. Oh, jeez! That's and we still have we still have that bike. That's great. That's great. <laughs> so, That's awesome. I mean, he was he's because I, I had a I I had an opportunity to to go to pro circuit as well. He's like he's like you know this is your choice. I'm completely good with everything, but. <laughs> He's like, you, you know where I'm leaning. And I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Chance, man, this has been a lot of fun, man. It's really fun to watch. There's so many talented rookies in the series this year, and it's been really fun to watch you ride. And I look forward to just watching you get better and better, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been, I've been kind of just staying on the radar, you know? Yeah, I know. But, I mean, oh, yeah. It's it's fun to get on here and, you know, just talk a little bit and how it's going. So, well, I'm glad you did. I've re- I know I, you kind of, uh, yeah, you've been staying kind of quiet. So I had to reach out to Mertz. I was like, dude, please help me out. And yeah, he got it done. So thanks to, thanks to Mertz and thanks to Jacob for getting you on the show for us. It means a lot, man. We look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, man. in uh, in Arlington. Yeah. Sounds good. See you guys. In Arlington. All right, buddy. See ya. See ya. All right. Thanks to chance for coming on. Um, good times, man. Yeah, that kid's got a good head uh, head on his shoulders, Michael. No, he does. I, I love listening there with the group he has around him. Because, again, I I didn't want to touch on too much because so much is about Deegan. It's like, okay, yeah. Deegan's out there killing it. He's a teammate with the Lawrence's. He's HRC's next kid. It would be really easy for somebody in the position that Chance is in to feel immense amount of pressure and very easy for people to around not around him, like his core fan is going to take care of him, but it, it would it would be unforeseen for people to kind of put pressure on him. Like, but again, if if you know a little bit about his backstory, like how little Supercross experience he has, again, kind of like how the Honda thing came together. Um, I think it's awesome. It shows how much they all really believe in him. Um, kind of the mountains that were moved to make make this happen, and in turn, it's really cool to see that whole group like make the best out of this investment into chance where like he touched on and it, it's a little harsh to say, but like look at some of the investments that TLD made over the years and mm-hmm. KTM as well, both of them together, just like uh, even some of stars quick burns, like man, just some of these kids are just disposable. It feels like, yeah, um, definitely. So it, it's very cool to see a very high level team that can easily expect the absolute best and nothing else from their guy to, truly worry about hey how are we going to develop this guy like how are we going to help him be the best and i think that's again it's it's like these kids it's kind of an investment on their end they really should think like that a little more so it's really cool to hear him all say that and really make it sound like everybody around him not make it sound like everybody around him does have their their head on straight in his situation well i want to thank again prox for bringing on chance tonight from complex jobs like engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OEM quality and affordability. So visit prox-usa.com and search for your parts. Pretty easy to do. What you got, Scotty? Yeah, ML. Sorry. So is 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 he proof that a sample or a sample size, more or less, that the futures program is the direction we need to go and is working? Um. Yes. And I mean, like, look at Deegan. He did one and moved on. I think for the broad, for a level of a chance or a Deegan, I actually don't know if I would say for them. It's, I think it's beneficial, but I think also going racing in the way they are is arguably more beneficial. I think just getting a sample of what's like, again, he said riding a supercross shock under the lights on with hay bales and everything. I think for the majority of the kids beyond them, it's the best thing. I think of like, 
um, Luke Kalatian, Joe, uh, Juju Balmer, those kind of kids um, that maybe don't have as much access to some of the facilities and the people around them they do, I think it's going to be the most beneficial um, for the kids outside of the factory group. Because um, I, like my argument is, I honestly think, like Futures did nothing for Deegan. He had to switch to an amateur bike a week before we saw how he did at the pro race. That's how he was riding in the bike he was riding beforehand. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's beneficial. But I think it's beyond the, the one or two cream of the crop that it's beneficial for. I, I think it helps everybody below them way more. Yeah, I, I liked that they did it on the lights this year rather than just being like in the in before the night show last year. I think that yeah. was a big improvement. Yeah, a lot a lot of that had to do with um, this year. You couldn't like last year. You could just qualify into it. Like I I was making a joke if they were going to do qualifiers again. I was going to go do one because, and no offense, some of the guys that were that made it in. I, I could do that. I was joking. Oh, how funny would it be if I went and did a futures race and then got off in my gear and shot photos? Uh, this year, they did it more on an invite system. Um, it, it really put it on the OEMs and some yeah. of the brands involved to pick the kids. And it, it was a huge improvement in terms of quality. The only thing that was weird about it, at least the, for the futures I watched, was there was actually a lot more crashes, surprisingly, because I think it was a lot of kids that expect a lot more from themselves judging each other. Mm. So a lot of them weeded up. Where last year at futures, Outside of Kalatsi and Hymas and like Ryder D, most of the kids in there were barely doubling around stuff and really weren't putting themselves out there. They weren't those type of those guys. So, um, but yeah, with having it more as a, an invite or recommendation to be involved in it, uh, it upped the quality enough that um, you know it, it's worthy of being on there. I think what I th- I'm glad they didn't last year because I don't think the quality was good enough to put those guys on, on TV. To put it bluntly, right? I want to give a. Uh, let everybody know we did get a winner on our FXR casual wear. It's Dakota Finch. He answered the trivia question from last week. The answer was Enzo Lopes. The question was, which FXR rider on the West Coast has the most points? It's Enzo Lopes. So congratulations to Dakota Finch on winning a hat and a T-shirt from FXR, which is designed by racers for racers. With industry-leading fit, finish, and performance, progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best product possible. Visit FXRRacing.com to see the numerous gear lines and colorways, as well as snow lines and lifestyle casual wear. We're going to get to John Shore in just a couple minutes. Um, let's see. Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha, Scotty. Again, we t- I talked about this last week. I'm really getting concerned with Jason's inability to focus, it seems like, on the race at time and times and be too worried about dealing with people around him instead of just racing forward. And we said, saw it again this week, and he gets a six-month probation because of it. I didn't know what, that. What is your take? Uh, two points on that. Okay. my Y'all kind of laughed at me, but my take was that I feel like Anderson was is gets more enjoyment out of the drama than actually trying to go and win races. I know that that's like very out there, but like at the baseline of that, I think there's a little bit in him just kind of feeding into the fanfare and the drama of it. Second thing is on Barsha's side, I know that he didn't do anything and he was upset and that. This time, though. Okay, okay, that's my yeah, that's that's my that point. That drives me crazy. No, though. Everybody kept saying he didn't do anything. Well, that's my point. Yeah, is is Barsha 
the the boy who cried wolf too many times like is is yes. he is i mean that's 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 how i look at it so I, is anderson really trying to just kind of just seek attention different ways and is well, barsha crying wolf did but ml i never heard anything out of barsha did barsha even complain i know the team did no he just refused to interview afterwards i think so he, he was mad on the situation yeah of course but, i mean how would you not be because he I, always I, says what i'm just racing <laughs> yeah, him and him and this Jason situation are weird though because they're both like I think as even uh, Jason said the week before, like oh he, I, I can't say anything, he can't say anything. They're two of the dirtiest riders. It is what it is. What's so weird about that situation to me still is Jason didn't do anything intentionally dirty. He just tried to make a very aggressive block pass that was not greatly executed. He ran them both high. He ran them both out of real estate. Justin gets off balance because he puts so much pressure in him to cut up, like cut across ruts that he ultimately tips on top of him. It's just that early in the race, like what is going on? Especially when you talk to him about, yeah, I need it. He admits like he needs to make better decisions and, and get out of this stuff. And then that happens. And it's just like, it's, it's not, I get like some people are freaking out. Oh, why is he getting probation? That wasn't that dirty. No, but it's just this like history of the last couple rounds, even how he was early last year. It's just, so unnecessary it, it truly is unnecessary I, I get it like his his quote to you like oh it's hard to change your stri- uh, tires change your stripes well you want to race for championships and you know that what you're doing is costing you that ability i you know i i'm not saying it's easy yeah i get it it's not just turning the switch off but based on even when we saw this weekend it's very hard to say that he he's making a genuine effort it makes it it makes it really hard to sit there and go yeah i think he's trying to be better or smarter right um when when actions don't prove it maybe he mentally wants to be there it might be upsetting to hear this but you know actions speak louder than words and it's a bummer i i you know i said sometimes like i i really picked him for this year for the because i really thought some of these these incidents would be hey if he fixes this based on how he wrote last year like he can win this title it's just down to decisions yes it's, it's more down to personal decisions with him um it's tough. I, I would love to talk to him more about it. I'm just curious, like how he even weighs all this happened. Like, mm-hmm. does he? How does he sit back and look at it during the week? I would be really curious to know is what, what's going through his head. How much has he thought about it? Does he see somebody about like where his headspace is at with racing? I, I would love to know more. Yeah, hopefully we can talk to him soon. But we do have somebody online that we do want to talk to. He's going to be brought to you tonight by Luxon Luxon Triple Clamps ML. You've used them. We've talked before. Some of the best engineered products on mm-hmm. the market. Um, LuxonMX.com. You can use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Luxon sponsors this next rider. He's going to bring him in tonight from uh, from the Mad, Mad Parts Kawasaki team, Texas boy John Short. What's going on, John? What's going on, guys? How are you guys? Duh, we're doing good. We, we've been uh, talking to Chance Hymas and Nate Thrasher, and now, now we're getting you on, man. And look... You got to be pretty happy with your season so far. You've made all but one mains, I believe. Uh yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't do the main event at uh, the Triple Crown. Okay, yeah, and A two. Yep. But you got to be yeah, pretty happy, no, right? A, with the new team. Um, you know, I didn't really have, really didn't have any. I uh, didn't know what to expect coming in. My goal was to be in all the main events, and um, so that's kind of what I'm. Now that I've actually been in most of the main events, you know, it's. Uh, now I want a little bit better result, though, you know, so. Hey, Mel, go ahead. Man, I uh, I was going to say to go touch on your Luxon thing. You know what else Luxon is engineered better? 
better than my take because I'm ready to put my foot in my mouth. I'm pretty sure in preseason show, I said that I'm surprised that riders like Grant Harlan and John Short want to race want to race 450s because why would you want to spend more than half the year not making a main event? And John has proven me horribly freaking wrong so far. So I'm just going to go ahead and take that one on the pie to the face. Um, I, I even I, I do wonder, like, seriously, from your, your position, John, I know, like, in the past years, 450, 450s, you make more purse money. Like, it's a little bit easier to, to pay the bills, per se, going racing one. But do you, like, when you get offered this opportunity to go ride for, for Polly's team, like, did it concern you at all, like, did, did you believe in yourself enough that you really were like, oh, I'm going to make every, you know, be in all the mains or were you ever concer- concerned at all? Like, oh man, what if I spend part of the year just flat out not making them, making it in? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. You know, I, I did race a few last year, but it was obviously at the tail end of the series and there's a lot of guy hurts, a lot of guys hurt. So, um, that is something that crossed my mind, but I feel like as an athlete, especially, you know, 28 years old, it's like, if I'm going to, do anything than do anything other than race divisional 250 races. It was like, that's kind of my opportunity to uh, maybe showcase what I can do. Um, you know, I feel like I can't live in fear, fear of failure. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, uh, man, let's just see, let's see if we can do it. You know, I, I obviously believe in myself, but, um, it's one thing to believe in yourself and another thing to do it. So, um, yeah, I felt like the time was pretty ripe to, see what I can do on a 450. How did the, how did the deal come about with mad parts? Cause I think, you know, last couple of years you've, you've had it, you were on Hondas last year, if I'm not mistaken, or was that the Suzuki year? No, uh, no, Honda, I yeah. rode Hondas last year, private through Hondas. So how did the bad parts deal come about? Uh, well, you know, Bubba's is actually, he's, uh, approached me, approached me the year I rode Hondas last year, even, you know, to ride a 250. And, um, you know, at the time I had, was it, I had people in my corner that wanted to see me race and kind of do it on my own. And, um, you know, coming into this season, I didn't have a ton of support and uh, I actually talked to Baba and really got to understand the ins and outs of their program. And I kind of was like, man, I don't have any reason to, to not want to do this. You know, these guys are actually really eager to build their program, really eager to get the results. And, um, basically we, we had a very similar mindset. So we kind of had a little bit of a instant, um, connection i guess you will so uh but yeah they started talking to me i guess really after right after supercross last year because i had a actually had a wrist uh, surgery right after supercross so he kind of kept in touch with me and just hey man how you healing up and we kind of just had talks like that and it kind of escalated nice yeah i'm glad i'm glad it came about man i'm glad you got some help hey john this is scotty so we kind of talked about the decision that you that you, you know, making the, between the two fifties and four fifties, but obviously once that decision is made and you're in the series at the end of the night, when you're driving back to the hotel or home, what, what feels a little more accomplished making the main in the four fifty class with this crazy field and all this, and the, you know, the premier class or getting like a top 10 or top, you know, six or seven in the two fifty class. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. You know, I've, I've had some, flashes of success in the 250 class and yes it feels it does feel good but um i've also had some pretty good success in the motocross series racing against the same group of guys that i'm racing with this year in supercross and so you know in the back of your mind i'm kind of like you know i've, I've raced with a lot of these guys and done pretty well in the motocross series what's keeping me from doing that in supercross and that's part of the decision i think to really want to 
really want to test myself and give myself 17 rounds to grow each year. Um, so, but yeah, to answer your question, it's pretty rewarding. I would say to make it in the main event with the amount of talent in the class. Um, but in the same breath at the end of the night, you know, uh, you know, finishing 22nd, 21st, that's a, that's a hard one to swallow, but, um, you also have to take the positives from it and figure out how you can get better. And that's the cool thing about this class. I feel like maybe I get a 21st, a 20th and 18th, whatever, but there's something I can take away from each weekend. That's going to help me grow a lot more than it would be to just kind of continue to do the same light series that I've done for, you know, four seasons. Right. Hey, I'm curious with, with the way your results are, are going right now, showing you can do well on the 450, also kind of your age. I understand when, you know, anybody is maybe younger, early to mid part of their career, you, you kind of focus on the, what's the, the goal as a kid always been like, I want to race us supercross and motocross. I want to be on a factory team, all those things. You've been at it for a while. Um, where do you see yourself going career wise from here? Do you still want to try to kind of grit it through outdoors to, to try to go for super motocross? Would you be interested in, Hey, you know, I'm proven I can ride a 450 well in Supercross. Do I want to start racing all the off-season races, racing World Supercross? Go make, you know, make some money, make a, a good solid career out of this. You know, where where would you like to go, and where do you think you'll be going in the next year or two? You know, um, a big goal of mine, especially like you mentioned, getting a little <clears throat> bit older in age and stuff. I'm having a, a daughter here in you know eight weeks, six weeks. Oh, so congrats! For 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 me. Um, you know, I can't really be that selfish kid anymore. That's like, Oh, I just, I don't care about the bike. You know, I don't care about the money. I'm, I'm chasing that factory ride. Um, I would love to race motocross this summer. I, I really hope an opportunity pops up where it makes sense financially. Um, but honestly, I, I would love to do that. I'd love to, to be a part of this the super motocross series. Um, and, and even if that looks like world supercross, honestly, wherever I can go ride my dirt bike, and um bring some money home and do it on my motorcycle um that's honestly as you age that becomes the reality of the dream a little bit i feel like is like just making a living on your dirt bike doing what you love you know hey we mentioned the kawasaki and it being new for you this season what do you like about it and when it comes to the team how much opportunity or availability do you have to try different things and test different products, different, whatever, where, you know, I mean, obviously you're using Luxon triple clamps, but it, just anything that you want to tr- try to test, how much opportunity do you have? Uh, you know, the, our team is obviously a, a, a I guess a, a smaller budgeted team, but mm-hmm. those guys really do have a big heart and they try to give us as much resources as, as we need. Um, mainly for me, once I get my bike good, I try to focus on me as a rider because I, I watch myself ride and I can see like where, you know what I mean? It's not always the motorcycle, I guess, but we, me and uh, Greg Straczynski at Cormax have done a lot of suspension testing just to get the bike balanced and where I want it. And honestly, other than that, we've got the Luxons on there and a couple of Duvall racing parts. And, um, I mean, uh, I think, I think Williams, uh, Motorworks did a head on it and some cams and, we have a relatively stock platform, to be honest. Um, these 450s are really good th- these days. Yeah, Jesse does good work over at Williams. He's actually yeah, he's yeah. actually working on some getting some parts together for Scotty here, my co-host. Uh, yeah, he he used to sponsor the show. He's good people. Yeah, I don't know how to tighten drain bolts, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been there. Yeah, dr- Scotty Scotty changed his fluids before Swan, and then went out and let the drain plug fall out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, but, you're putting the effort forth. You're uh, trying. No, he didn't. That's why he failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did not. He did not snug that one bolt that you got to snug every yeah. time. It was probably because of a phone call I got from you or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Go ahead. So, anyways, Scott. my question was, you know, it's been a it's been a topic this year that <clears throat> the field is maybe a little less deep, or you know that you know the depth isn't there, and and it's given you know opportunities for some guys to get further up than maybe they normally would have. But you know, you said you had a four year gap since you've been in the 450 class. You know, does does it feel easier or harder to get into the mains now, or you know, kind of what have you experienced with that? Well, you know, so I, I turned pro in 16. Um, long story short, I've ridden a lights bike until last last year in the end of Supercross. Because uh, honestly, I was a little terrified of a 450 on a Supercross <laughs> track. So, um, you know, one thing I'll say is the talent's always changing. People come, people go. Um, A1 was about as stacked of a field as, as I've seen in the sport, you know. Um and as a rider, that's one thing that you hate to hear, uh, even if it's true or not. It's just because, like, as a rider, all I can control is my best effort. I can't control who's racing, who's not. So at the end of the day, for I think if I could speak for any of us guys, even the top guys, if you put your best foot forward, you know, that's all that matters. And that's where the feeling of success comes from. Yeah, so with what you've been doing so far, making these mains, you said, you know, you're not really – it's a hard pill to swallow where you're finishing in the mains – what are your goals going forward, uh, you know, to improve that? And how are you working on improving that? It's again, you're here in Texas. You're still training in Texas, I believe. How do you, how do you make the next step? And then what is that goal? Yeah. Um, I mean, um, so, you know, Alex and John control training have been helping me out a lot and, um, they're really kind of guiding me and, and just helping me try to figure out that, I guess the main event, fitness uh like i mentioned i had a wrist injury this summer and it took a lot longer for me to get going than i had expected so you know i didn't necessarily have the greatest on the bike off season so okay uh for me the next step is to to start making these mains out of the heat race um and really just solidify that i'm in the mains and man if every week i can bite off two more minutes a good riding in the main event or a minute you know that's that's a win. You know, I just feel like you got to be in the race to yep. gain the fitness, to gain the knowledge and to, to progress the practice tracks. One thing, but at this point, this point, it's all about the weekends. You know, I can't really go bury myself training during the week right now. Yeah. So would, would you say start are the biggest thing to get out of the, the heat directly into the main, or is there a specific thing that you feel like you need to work on other than the start like whoops or whatever? Yeah, I think there's some things in my riding and honestly really just still adjusting to the Kawasaki a little bit, not in a negative way. It's just totally different than the bike I've been on the past few years. Um, just some of the turning characteristics and stuff. Um, you know, for me, my starts have actually been pretty decent in comparison, um, to years past. Uh, but yeah, if if you're going to get it out, get in out of the heat, you know, it's, it's gotta be a great start and it's gotta be ride the wheels off of it. Cause if you look at my qualifying, you know, I'm on the edge of that main event position anyway. So it's not like I'm a ninth fastest guy in the class. You know, I've got to start up front and, you know, give it all I've got. So starts are important, but, you know, so obviously a little bit of the whoops uh, I need to work on. And there's a, there's a few, there's a few areas like dynamics around the track that um, I'm focusing on during the week, just skill wise, technique wise, I'm trying to get better at. Okay. Hey John. So we, we in the group chat and the in the live stream earlier had a uh, topic going about who has the best beard 
And your actually your mustache was brought as a contender. Who's your pick for best beard, and and what's the mustache life been treating you like? Uh, so when when you refer to beard, is it just within within the motocross industry? Uh, I I I think I'd say so. No, because I I feel like you have somebody in mind, so I want to hear who this is. Well, I really don't. I mean, you've got me. I'm just trying to oh, okay. think of a beard right now. I don't even. I can't think of anybody's even got a beard. I, I mean, honestly, I think somebody like uh. I don't know. Like, I feel like what is Barsha had a beard. In yeah. The, the only ones I thought of were Tomac beard. and Barsha. Justin. Mm-hmm. I know he doesn't have a beard right now, but his kind of sticks to, out. But, um, ML, yeah, to, be was... on, to be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of the mustache. Uh, <laughs> I started running it as a joke a couple of years ago and, uh, it kind of stuck a little bit. And now everybody's kind of talking about it. So I can't shave it off. I'm kind of stuck with it. Some, like, someone yeah. said that it, it could pull somebody over on its own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I need to start wearing some like aviators. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, man, I don't want to keep you too long, man. I know you, uh, you're a, you're early to bed kind of guy. So I appreciate you jumping on. I just want to check in with my Texas boy and see how you're doing. Uh, you know, and tell you congrats, man. I think it's really impressive that you've been getting in these mains still. You're still working your ass off as a full, really a full privateer. It's really cool to see. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I uh, enjoy enjoy chatting moto with everybody. So, yep, we'll get you on again sometime in a few, you know, towards the end and uh, see, you know, maybe once you uh, make, meet some of those goals you're talking about, get out of it, get, get in the main out of a heat race. We'll get you back on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I haven't really looked in the rules, but I would like to qualify for the super motocross series. You know, I don't really, yeah. I honestly, that's something I need to do as a racer probably is read more into all the rules and all that stuff. But we'll go to vitalmx.com anyway. and search super <laughs> motocross. It's in there. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys. Y'all have a good evening. All right, John. Thanks, buddy. All right, bye. Yep. All right, John Short. Appreciate him jumping on. Uh, ML, I know you need to get off. I want to say real quick, um, John Short is also running the the X-Brand goggles, which we always talk about, is quietly grown into the premier goggle for many privateers. They're also the goggle company that won, not advertising it, but they won the 250 main event. At their, the Lucid goggles are what Alpine Stars is uh, – branding as their goggle i don't know how that works exactly ml but they're lucids damn it so x-brand goggles go to your local dealership ask for x-brand goggles distributed to wps you will be happy that you did um ML, i know you need to get off here i wanted to bring up hunter lawrence yeah i gotta get on a plane oh, oh do you need to go right now then do you want me to just drop it no let's just topic really quick okay I gotta go plane. hunter hunter wins again uh, but what I wanted to talk about, I mentioned earlier, the sand section early in the main event, he jumped out of it two laps in a row. In mm-hmm. my mind, I said, man, he's going after Moseman. I was texting Lewis, and I was like, hey, ask him after the race. Like, why Why is he doing that? He said, oh, I think it was an accident. What would you think? Do you, did you even see it? Do you remember it? Yeah, I didn't know if he was trying to make his own line to make a pass. I didn't think it was purposeful. I I you would have to mess up pretty bad to do that two times in a row. I wonder if he was just trying to like, oh, can I use this as a block line or something? That was the best I could come up with. It was definitely weird. Well, again, we saw how he, you know, he put a pretty aggressive pass on Mosman earlier or late right after that. And apparently there was some, there might've been some things during qualifying that upset Hunter. Yeah. But I did text Hunter and here's what I got. Uh, I asked him if he did it on purpose. He said, uh, hey, mate, yeah, I was avoiding staying in that tight hook sand because I crashed that way earlier in practice. 
I can provide hmm. film if the conspiracy theorists don't believe me. And then I mentioned, oh, okay, I thought you were might be going after Mosaman. And he said, nah, mate, inside was faster, but how the rut got a hook just made it a mousetrap. So thanks, Hunter Lawrence, for answering the question. Just thought you might enjoy that while you were staying on here, uh, ML. Hey. Interesting. Yep. Where are you headed, man? I, didn't, I don't even realize. I'm, you're... I'm in Ve- I've been in Vegas all day for uh, um, a expo. Oh, you're at AIM. That's right. You're headed home. I'm at AIM. Yeah, and I'm catching a flight back from AIM right now because I have a bike test first thing in the morning. So we came up this morning. I did a day in AIM. And I'm sitting in the expo hall, and i got to get on Uber, and my phone has 3% battery. Okay, man. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> we will see you later. We're going to get you off here, and we're going to talk some mad <laughs> shit about you. That sounds about right, honestly. All right. See you, ML. See you, guys. All right, thanks to Michael Lindsay for I'm, coming on. I'm glad I uh, marked the button not for kids because you were talking about getting Michael off and all this stuff. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, I wasn't thinking like that. You're a dirty, dirty... Okay, I'll, okay, I'll remember that next time you talk about somebody's wife. That's a whole lot different than talking about getting a dude off. That's what like, you, You're the one that said it. You you're the one that women. said it. You kept saying, I'm going to get Michael off. Off the phone, bro. <laughs> wow, you're gross. So gross. Um, all right, let's talk about a couple... Let's find a couple other topics here to get into. Thanks again to uh, Nate Thrasher, Chance Hymas, John Short. Uh, so we talked about Hunter. Hunter wins again. Came from nine seconds back. Like, I kind of wanted to ask Nate, but I chose not to. Like, that's hard to get over. Like, he he's clearly was much, much better. And you're like, how does a guy that almost wins but gets beat from a guy that's nine seconds back, how do you put that out of your mind that he was that much better? So I think that... If he had, just, I think the fact that it took Hunter so long to catch him, and it was like a very literal last second thing, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a win for him because I was watching it and like Hunter started gaining, and I was like, "Oh, here he comes!" <laughs> yeah. And then, but then it got to about the three to five second gap, and it kind of stayed there for a while. And so, I, I think that I, I think that Nate had gotten into cruise control, and then he saw the pit board coming. He did respond. And then you know but, the the last the last second decisions cost him. So I don't think that he's looking at it like I just straight got sucked up because he did match the pace there for a, long enough to where Hunter had to do some something crazy to make the win happen. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I I still I always I go to the mental thing a lot because I just know how I would be. I, those things would probably get in my head uh, again. Probably why I'm not a champion. That's, that's why we right? talk about it instead of doing yeah. it. <laughs> so it just it's got to be tough. It's interesting. Um, Chris blows. Not riding as well as I expected with the pro circuit ride. I definitely expected more out of him. Uh, I wanted to talk talk to Michael about that because he is friends with Chris and see if there was anything going on. So we'll save that for the next, for round three of the East Coast and see how that goes. Jordan Smith continues to crash. He he was literally, like, I saw, I watched the replay again and, like, he was, I think he just made the move to second Mm -hmm. or second or third. And he was like literally looking at the leader when he went down. It's like, bro, yeah, it's so the, sad. It's so hard to see him do that. It, it is. It's bothersome. It bums me out because I like Jordan. But at the end, I, I don't remember what he finished. I want to say it was like fifteenth. But because it was his, it was. His, I didn't know that at the time that his bike blew up. No, he had caught up to like sixth yeah. or seventh. So when I saw that, I was like, "What the f?" But then, yeah, finally, I guess the bike blew up. So that's yeah. that's very unfortunate. I mean, that's unfortunate for him because I mean, that's yeah. that pretty much wraps that puts that kind of seals on him being on the outside looking in on that. Well, it's unfortunate because I th- he has this he had the speed on that bike, I think. 
Deegan gets a heat race win. Uh, pretty cool for the kids. Pumped. Yeah. Uh, he, dude, he, we, uh, we keep talking about it. He's probably people are tired of us talking about him. Everybody I mean, talking about him. But he's been being talked about for 12 dude, years. I mean, so impressive. And then another fourth backs up his fourth. Jeremy Martin started catching him, but couldn't get him past. I mean, Hayden, Hayden, I could see Hayden finish top four the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have one that maybe the start or maybe a first a first corner kind of something or some mm-hmm. of some sort happens. I think you you might see a seventh or eighth in there at some point. He's uh, I think the next goal for him would be obviously to get onto the podium. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, look look at the guys that's been in front of him. You know, Anstey's having an incredible run. Uh, Hunter's making a claim for to be a guy or the guy, maybe I guess second to his brother, which I know. don't know that about that. Exactly. So we'll we see, see in the showdown. I don't know showdown. So I, I think have something for jet. I think, no, so, you know, being behind those guys, I, th- I think a third would be good for him, but I thought the the scene was really cool for his heat race. You know, the rain had been holding off all day and all of a sudden it comes down a little bit and <laughs> yeah, he's out yeah. front and it was, it was just, a, it was just a cool vibe. I, I, I really thought that that was, that was unique. And I think that's going to be something that he's, he uses as fuel this week, and then it'll be or well, two weeks, I guess. And then when we see the triple crown in Dallas, triple crown's a new environment. Let's mm-hmm. see, let's let's see what that does. See if he can do that three times in a row. Sure. And uh, starts, I, yeah. I think that would be the, the you know the question to ask on that. Uh, L two fifty LCQ, Marshall Welton, who another guy mm. I've been underwhelmed with. I don't know what is going on because mm. he's a better rider in my opinion than what we're seeing out of him. Hat, what? Oh, go, go. oh, has a chance to get into the main and just blows it. Like he, he's looking back. He passes Devin Simonson. He's looking back. He does a terrible job in the last turn, and Devin Simonson just absolutely punts him off the track. I don't. Marshall's it's, better than that. What the hell was he thinking? I mean, you saw it happen. It ended up happening in the in the main two fifty main too. It's like it's kind of just the way that corner was set up. I mean, you just, well, Nate like, said he missed his breaking point. I mean, maybe Marshall maybe did Marshall, this thing, but he same was thing. Looking back, like well, I think he was trying to forward, size up. Am I yeah. going to go wide and try to cut down, or am I going to just kind of just hold them off wherever know, I can? We know, don't look back. Just race forward, hug yeah, the inside. I don't. And, I, I I would say like my first reaction was. Was to not look back, but I think in that specific corner, he was just trying to set up what was going to be crazy. No, another the right after that, the the question I had was, you know, Simonson kind of looked back at him and kind of gave him, you know, like a what's what kind of thing. Was was that him? Was and then he kind of was looking over at Marshall afterwards. Was was he kind of like was it beef or was Simonson just excited? What what was I your take little, on I that? I think it was excitement. Obviously, because that's not Devin doesn't make a ton of mains, I don't think. And then you know Marshall tried to get a little aggressive with him, so he was probably like, "Yeah, what's up with that?" You know, and he punted him. So yeah, it was probably just a, it was probably a ton of adrenaline and excitement. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean Other that was that, that was pretty know. cool. I mean it's good yeah. racing. I mean I I think that you know obviously that corner was a good choice because that was where you know that sand section to that corner that was where everything it. was made. The track would have been really for, boring for okay sand. for Tampa. For Tampa, I'm okay with it okay. because it's it's a beachy track. But I, like I said earlier, <laughs> it's, oh, so da- it's, yeah. So Daytona bring full sand back for Daytona. Well, I mean Daytona is kind of that's a whole that's that's not but a super cross race. We should go back race. to full sand. I mean, it, it's loamy black dirt. It's not it's, like it used to be though. It used to be a lot of sand. It looks just like what y'all were calling the sand section when y'all roasted me for not realizing there was a sand section. No, it didn't. It's the and same A2? color. No, you're wrong. Uh, um, usually, but it's okay. Get a grip, and by get a grip, I mean get a guts racing. Ripper seat cover, and get it in teal because they are now available. Uh, teal's my, teal's my favorite KTM? color. 
Do you guess? That'd look good, wouldn't it? Yes. When it when it would look good sitting in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, for 2023, Guts Racing has added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as a color teal to the gripper material. Also new for 2023 for all you e-bike users, they have complete seats for the Teleria, the Super 73, Segway, and Suron. And they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husky 3 uh, electric bikes. Visit GutsRacing.com and get the same seats that Ken Roxon and Malcolm Stewart use. GutsRacing.com. Again, uh, real quick, Freestone Supercross Track will be open for free for privateers that we, leading up to Arlington. Email us, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, anything you want us to talk about on the show, that'd be a lot of fun. We can make that a segment if we start getting some. Uh, oh, and we have a Moto X-Pod show, Pulp MX Fantasy League. I keep forgetting to bring that up. Go in there and search out Moto X-Pod show. That's Moto X-Pod is all one word. M-O-T-O-X-P-O-D show. Get in our league. Um, unless you're better than me, then don't. Like, you have to look and see how many points I have. If you're ahead of me, <laughs> you cannot join. So, I think that's fair? Yeah, you don't even yeah. play, so you don't care. Well, I'll, as soon as I don't have to work Saturday nights anymore, I'll be on there, I all promise. Right. couple more topics. This one, we actually, if you're watching on YouTube, we have some... Some pictures for. Yes. So, uh, you wanted to kind of talk about bike setup, like the kits. and Rate, rate my ride, yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Rate my rate ride. Rate my ride. That's a kind of a hard thing to do every single week because the bikes don't change much. But for the military appreciation race, there were some really, really cool gear, some really, really cool graphics kits, and there were some that I did not like at all. So... Uh, it's your idea for this topic, so give me what your thoughts are right off the bat, and then I'll give you mine. Um, I, I, I thought that the, I thought that the the HRC Honda bikes, that to me, like it's it didn't look black. Yeah, it didn't look horrible, but to me, when I saw it, you know what I thought of? I thought of, I thought of the. You remember the scene in the Charlie's Angels they did with Cameron Diaz and that? I've never watched that. You've never seen that? Okay, no, well, there's a there's a scene where they're all like, it's like they're doing this motocross race and they're like in this construction thing and it's like, uh, the the guy who did uh, Asterix was the, was the you know, stunt he's man, stuntman yeah. for it. Yeah, so um, Castillo. Castillo, yeah. yes, yes. So, to me, it looked like one of the bikes that was in that race. But, I it mean, like it, it didn't look horrible. Black with a red stripe. Yeah, it kind of you know they did that a long time. You remember when they would when Honda would do the the movie trailers on like the the movie would be coming out and they would do it on the graphics. They did like no. a Scorpion King bike. Okay. They did Jurassic Park. It kind of uh, looks I, like Carmichael Scorpion King bike they did a long that. time ago. I like Club MX's. There was the like a the desert camo. I love the way that bike looked. I thought it was really cool. I really really like the Alpine Stars Blue Angel gear. The blue with the yellow. Mm-hmm. I like that. I would wear that. The Blue Angel gear is sweet. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I did not like the black Hondas. Now, I know a lot of people didn't like the white Hondas earlier in the year. I did like the white. I still like the the ones that Dino and uh, mm-hmm. Nancy were on for their team for uh, Firepower. I like the white. I did not like the black, man. Just didn't do it for me. But, um, yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of teams, uh, Team Solitaire, I think they had like a 911 theme imposed in the graphics. I can't okay. remember all of them, but there there's some really cool yeah. stuff. I did I didn't I, I really like, the like idea. It. I love new kits. I like mm-hmm. seeing these LE stuff. Fly had their stealth gear out which mm-hmm. I thought it looked cool. It was like a gray and white. But I don't think you know that it's military appreciation unless yeah. they just tell you. Like it wasn't anything like, "Oh, I get it." Um there was a couple others I'm trying to remember that I didn't. Oh, the the Fox stuff that was like 
purple and yellow and I didn't get that. Like what maybe yeah. that wasn't even military appreciation. <laughs> maybe just, it was just an LE, but I did not like that gear at all. Yeah, I, I I wasn't and I wasn't wild about the about J Marts either. I and I normally usually the club Yamaha is like my so they were in the FXR stuff, which is our sponsor, so way to go. Well, the, I was talking about the, 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 it wasn't really the gear. I was talking about the bike itself. Oh, see, that's the one I like the best. Really? Yeah, that's I the thought desert it was, sand I thought it was, I thought it was weird looking to me, to be honest. That was like the desert sandish color camo, and, right? Well, and the, what, like I was saying is I normally, the Club MX bikes are usually one of my favorites. Yeah. I think I like the blue and the white. Uh-huh. So I guess maybe that's why, because I okay. like the blue and white so much. I yeah. thought that the yellow was, I've always thought the yellow Yamahas is, I've never, it's never really been my thing. The yellow and black, like the old school. Yeah, the yeah. hurricane See, ones and all that, that stuff. I like it a little bit, but I don't think that I would want one that color. And and it doesn't seem like KTM really changes theirs as much. The gear, no. they do with the gear, but not the bike kind of. Minimal st- stuff. Some of those bikes, I think like Husky. Had the little They had camo, like a little strip of yeah. camo. Minimal stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's some sponsor stuff that's, you know, they're they're kind of, um, restrained from doing some things, but some of the stuff is really cool. I would love to have some of that blue and yellow Alpine Star I, gear. I think my favorite, and it, I guess it, it was probably it did from. And sorry, when you zoomed into it, I'm sure it was more military appreciation. Mm-hmm. It didn't look at so much from the the camera, but I thought my favorite, I guess my winner of this rate my ride is probably Savage's Rick Ware's bike. That was that, cool. Yeah, I like I that. Think there's great. pictures of it. Yeah, it's on going here. on YouTube right now. That was yeah. That's his stuff looked cool, and I didn't realize until I saw the pictures that he had done anything because not a lot of TV time. Well, he got he got some time in that LCQ. Yeah, a little bit, but not where you could see the bike. Yeah. So I didn't realize what he had, they had done, but yeah, I think it's cool when they do something special like that. Um, just like the St. Jude's when mm-hmm. they. They usually have like the kids at St. Jude's will design some graphics and they go on the bikes. I think that stuff's really neat. Uh, I like seeing something different, even with the Hondas that I don't like. It's still cool that they try something different for a special event. So, and supporting our military, that was great. I'm glad they moved it to Tampa, just because there is a large military presence there. So to to San Diego is great, but to do it in another place was cool. So that so maybe some other military people that are in the East Coast can go enjoy that. Um, yeah, and the the and as far as far as gear goes, the Blue Angel gear. That's I've, I saw the Blue Angel was when I was like nine, and so like, yeah, oh I did too. Yeah, I was and, a big fan. I had yeah. like toy like oh Hot yeah, I did too. Yeah. Blue Angels. Yeah. We would always go to Florida, and we would always go yeah. to the Air Museum. Yeah, I very that was very so cool. cool to me. Um, so yeah, if anybody's listening from Alpine Star, I'd like to have a set of that. Uh, oh, I just real, I didn't realize that the the Pro Circuit had you know the when the the lady that they had on the old. Uh, the, old, the bomber, yeah, the yeah, bomber sitting on a bomb. Yeah, 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 I didn't realize it had it on there. Yeah, that's, that's cool. what I'm saying. A lot of people wouldn't notice that, you, unless, yeah, because you can't see it on. That's TV. why you go to the pits. I guess. So yeah, go to like pit bits. Are I'm sure we have some stuff on pit bits on Vital MX, so you can see a lot of those graphics because our uh, our guys Octopi Media took a lot of photos of the bike. So check out Vital MX. I'm sure there's some stuff up there. Uh, another, I had heard that Justin because Justin Cooper was only running a limited 450 schedule. I heard he was not racing Oakland. Um, Michael Lindsay told me, yeah, the team had said he's not racing Oakland, Oakland, but I texted Justin today and he says he is racing. Oakland. Okay. Okay. Cause that was, I'm, I'm glad that that happened because that was kind of the, one of my topics today was, is the first question is I'm, I'm assuming Fernandez is not ready yet. I have heard he's trying to come back for this weekend. He um, is trying to come back this weekend. Yeah, I should okay. have texted him. Let me text him right now. Maybe I'll get an answer beforehand, but it's kind of okay. late. I'm not going to text him this late. Under under the concept that Ferrandis is not coming back this weekend, okay. which I probably, you know, the injury that he had, don't know the full severity of it. I th- would say, you know, at this point, let's 
get better rather than coming out and I hurting agree. yourself. Take another week. And, you know, his results were were good. They were fourth, fifth, sixth in the three rounds that he was in. Mm-hmm. Not that not that exact order, but those were the results. Okay. And, you know, and then and then Cooper's come in and has gotten, was eighth and seventh or two sevenths? Is uh, eight, I think it's eighth. And, I think it's eighth I'd and seventh. I'd have seventh. to go look. I don't have uh, it in front of me. But my question is, under the context that Ferrandis wasn't coming back and they were going to not race Cooper, I was like, how in the hell do you not put him in that race? I mean, he's getting top tens. Yeah, and maybe and, that was the it, decision that sh- why they changed their mind. Maybe they, okay, Dylan's I, not racing Oakland. I'm glad that, that actually, you said that they yeah. are because I was coming into – that was the, one of the topics I had was, mm-hmm. what? Like, why, yeah. what are we doing here, you know? Makes sense. Uh, yeah. All right, last thing is let's do the 6D helmets picks for Oakland. Uh, last week – your picks, I th- I'm going to say, were probably the closest. You had Eli Sexton and AP, and Sexton AP did get second and third. There uh, was a moment there where I was on. I was like, okay, Tomac's going <laughs> to catch up get and get all? second. Sexton's going to run away with it. AP's going to hold down third, and I'm going to and I'm going to be right for once. <laughs> uh, we would have just skipped over the segment if you had gotten well, it right. Be, wait, before we go into this, I did yeah. have one little thing that I, I wanted okay. to, to mention was. I know it didn't end great because he went down, but I have I've been holding on to the idea that AC is on the right path. And I after this week, and I have inspired hope for the remainder of this season. I, I he, he that was the first time we've seen him show that speed and do it. And it and you know it was a it was a rainy race. He slipped down. It happens, but I have inspired hope for AC. Well, I hope so. Because I want to see him get back. To you hope my AC. hope is good. <laughs> yes, I, I want to see AC get back to where he was. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you're right. Uh, but my picks and Lewis's picks were Sexton, Eli, and Webb. We were way off. Uh, 6D helmets pick of or picks for Oak. Yeah, picks for Oakland since inception. All, since its inception, almost 12 years ago, 6D helmets have been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR one to its successor, the ATR two. The goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmet. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, so visit 6dhelmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. I've already got my picks in for Oakland. I'm sticking with Sexton until he wins one. Eli's back in second. Cooper Webb stays on the podium in third. You know, originally I was thinking that that's probably what my thoughts too. Sexton, Matt Cooper, but mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correctly, and you you're, you guys get to go to these more than I do and see them in person, from what I remember, Oakland gets pretty deteriorated. Yep. I with, with that in mind, I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to go. Cooper, Sexton, Tomac. Okay. Because I I I think that. I think with the track deteriorating like that, I I, I think that that Cooper's going to maybe put himself in that position again. Now it's hard; it's kind of hard to say that if Tomac's all the way up to, to third, it's hard to say that he won't, especially in a deteriorated track, won't be a win or second. But I'm going that's what I'm going to go with. Well, ML just texted me his. He says Sexton, Webb, Eli. So he reversed my second and third. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we all have the same guys, pretty much. Yeah, all same I guy. mean, when they're four points apart in the championship, right, you kind of right. got it. Yeah, Damn, I, mean, I should have went with like Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha. One of those guys are going to come in there and, just, yeah, and wreck, wreck the tea party, aren't Colt they? Nichols. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I, I'd love AC, to see it. AC, come hey, on. I'm fine with AC. Uh, let's see, Michael. Oh, he that's uh, same same text. I thought he got another one. 
Okay, we're going to wrap this thing up. I want to thank our title, our premier uh, presenting sponsors, Racetech and Voice In. I also want to thank Prox, X-Brand, Guts Racing, FXR, 6D, Luxon, Motul, WUSA. All those guys make it happen. Again, if you're in the Texas area, check out 812 Suspension, a Racetech service center, or go to racetech.com and find the local service center next to you. Uh, Scotty, I think that's it. I want to thank our guests. Anything else before we go? Hey, we made it through the new show's first live stream, so yeah, good I think job. it went well. Still going to try to make a few things a little better. Mm-hmm. We're out. <laughs>